Yeah, I don't even know. I don't remember what they said to get the cops in my house, but I just remember like I had to, they they were like he doesn't have a business license. He's not legitimate. Let's fucking ruin his life. I'm like, "Holy shit." So that was the worst thing that ever happened. But with drifting, you know, you can you can build the car whatever color, all this, you know, this open canvas, and then there's a the subjective aspect to it that's just like chaos and fun, just like, you know, skateboarding yeah. and BMX. Yeah, this isn't meant to hurt anybody's feelings, but it, it is one of the biggest scams in motorsports right now. Welcome back to the number one drift podcast on YouTube presented by Njuku Racing. It's because this is the first episode of 2024 and that's actually pretty insane for me to say. Yeah. Um, that's something I've been dreaming of for fucking seven years now doing content. So this is insane. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to Njuku. But uh, we'll get more into that later on and some other stuff too but we got some major plans for the year so make sure you are subscribed go ahead and look below the video and if that button is still red go ahead and click it and you know drop a comment tell me what you want to see for the year uh if you want to see anything you know at track stuff like that um and then merch is coming back soon i can't really i don't think i can say much about that yet i don't i don't really know Anyways, it's good to build the hype. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's coming soon. Keep an eye out for that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, thanks to Nate over there at One Four Four. We're gonna be doing it through him. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for the intro, actually. So, if you want to kind of give a rundown on who you are, yeah, uh, my name's Chase McMaster. I own Chase Bay's and McMaster Properties. Um, been doing this for gosh, I've owned Chase Bay since two thousand seven. Uh, started it in 2007, been doing it ever since. So it's been a long, lonely road. Hell yeah, been a 2007, dude. Yeah. <laughs> what what did, what did the average 240 cost back then? Let's start off there, dude. That is a great question. So I bought mine. Wait, and, where were you back then? Where so did you live? So I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and in 2000. I've been self-employed since 2005. So I got kicked out of high school and then started doing like engine swaps and stuff for, no for, lo shit. for locals in my mom's garage. Yeah. Why'd you um, get kicked out? Oh my gosh. That's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, generally the, the consensus, as, as, and I know you agree, it's, it's like you can't put young men in a seat and expect them to be okay with that all day. Yeah, and especially no. if you're more of a creative or a doer. I mean, that's, that's basically torture. So, I mean, it's just it, being a critical thinker from a young age, too. I mean, you push back on the teachers, you know, and, yeah. and then they call it defiance. And then, you oh, know. Oh, God. Yeah. And, and it's Yeah, slight, we could definitely go all yeah, night about slight, that. Slight problem with authority, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I got kicked out. And then, you know, just uh, first jobs, Taco Bell, um, got fired. <laughs> Second job was a car wash, got fired. And so I started just doing engine swaps and stuff like like VTEC wiring and VTEC, uh, B16A swaps and stuff like that. No shit. Okay. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so, so I moved to California in 2007 and that's kind of when I like called it Chase Bays and I was doing, gotcha. uh, so yeah, 2007 to 2009, I lived in Los Angeles. Holy shit. So Chase Bays wasn't even like a parts company. No. So if, 
Exactly. Yeah. So at first it was a, a service, right? So it was, I posted on Honda tech. I did what, you know, it's called a wire tech. So yeah, hit yeah. the wiring, hit the fuse box. It was a, my B16 CRX and then just posted it online and it was completely unheard of. And I got the inspiration from like a hot rod show. Cause I go to a hot rod show oh, okay. and had super clean okay. bays, which they were carbureted, were fuel injected. So it was a little harder for us to do it. But I was yeah. like, I got to do that. So I did it, posted it online. People are like, you know, where do I pay you to That's make hot. This? Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. Yep. So I started, I said, I, I mean, get 10 people from your town you know to to yeah yeah get together and it's 450 dollars each and uh so the first yeah so it was a service and the you know went to the first one was phoenix arizona so 10 guys from Crazy. azht which is an old forum um, and by the way it was all honda tech that yeah that got me there yeah. um and uh but yeah it was phoenix arizona was the first place and 10 guys went there and i you know, I, I initially uh, my my biggest flaw was uh, prediction of time. I'm like, oh, it'll only take seven or eight hours. Yeah. So yeah, landed day one. Um, did the f first first wire tuck, and uh, yeah, it took like 14, 15 hours. Oh. And I did it one per day, so I was there for ten days. <laughs> and so, dude, I was working. I mean, I think I was seventeen or eighteen years old, hardest I've ever worked in my life. Doing all which the was pretty work. not that long of a life at that point, only being seventeen. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, not many seventeen-year-olds, uh, at least in the last fifty or sixty years, have worked you know fourteen, fifteen-hour days. So yeah, did that. Yeah. And then, um, because they're 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 always like by that time they had like hacked headlight wiring, so I was like repairing stuff and. Oh and okay yeah. But uh, yeah, but I got to day ten, and then twenty more. Or sorry, ten more people wanted it, so I extended my trip, and I just worked my ass off for twenty days. Came back with a boatload of cash and started building my K series CRX. Damn. But yeah, I'm, I'm ping ponging around. But yeah, no, did, you're good. I did that for a while. That's like I went to uh, Arizona, North Carolina, Los Angeles, all kinds of places to do this. And then I got so sick of working on people's cars. Yeah. And uh, and it was in their conditions, right? So Phoenix, Arizona, it was the middle of summer. And half of them didn't have garages. They just put up tents. Dude, it was hot as hell, like 110 oh, degrees. Oh, yeah. So My whole dad's side is from Arizona. Okay. So, like, I love it out there. Right. Truthfully, I hate cold weather. Right. I'm a little bitch in the cold. <laughs> I can't, dude. Yeah. But heat, I can deal with that. Yeah. Especially well, if it's dry. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, I, I dealt with it. It's just, yeah, it wasn't pleasant. But, dude, it, <laughs> it made me just... It, yeah, it, it was good. All those things happened because I said, I have to make this a product, you know? Yeah. And um, started doing brake lines and clutch lines. So like brake line relocation kits, like uh, Integra ABS deletes, 240 yeah. uh, ABS deletes, uh, clutch lines for swaps or just to clean it up. Was this just by like project? Like if someone called you and asked you, you would build it or were well, you like already starting to keep stock? Yeah, at that point. Well, it by the time 2007 had rolled around, I had a website. It was chasebaysonline.com, and then that's when I said, "I'm not working on cars anymore. This, I'm not yeah. cut out for this." <laughs> and so I, I put it on a, a WordPress website, and it was, yeah, just brake line. I called them brake line relocations, clutch lines, fuel line kits, and so it was either you know same thing today. It's kind of just. Um, simplified version simplified compensating for a swap etc yeah. and then as we went so it kind of started as more utilitarian and kind of more show car type stuff it's just hmm. cleaning it up or upgrading yeah. rusty something deleting abs kind of utilitarian um, but it, the result was always a super clean engine bay so in, in um, hondas it was extremely popular to have yeah. it's like i was a part we were part of the pioneers of making the clean honda engine bays and um i was the first person that made a company out of it you know and That's then crazy yeah and then i uh built a you know all that money i was making we built one of the first k-series crx's yeah uh i got a 800 mile 
insurance fraud, 2006 K20Z, and I put it in the CRX. It was such a... Oh, my God. Yeah, so I was 18 years old, just ground up CRX build, like painted inside and out. And, Jesus. Um, so, I, like, legit tax fraud? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I didn't do it. I didn't uh, do it. I bought <laughs> it from somebody. No, I'm not going to admit that on live. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I didn't commit tax fraud, at least not, yeah, not no, till later. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, so I had, a, I had a friend who, uh, who just said, Hey, I got this, you know, they didn't say it was tax fraud, but it was obvious. Yeah. It was tax yeah. Fraud, you know? yeah. So they just bought it. Too flashy. Yeah. I don't know. Or insurance fraud, I guess it would be not tax fraud. Insurance well, fraud. I mean, technically you could do either one, but yeah, maybe, maybe they did both. We don't condone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Disavow it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So built CRX and that's when I started getting into track stuff. So I okay. went to button willow, um, did a track day, loved it. The car made 240 horsepower, weighed 1800 pounds, didn't have an LSD in the U S trans. So it was oh, yeah. chaos. Yeah. Um, but pretty much from the time I got the K series CRX done and it, it got on the cover of Honda tuning, which was a super huge magazine at the time. Yeah. Um, it was in super street and uh but i immediately and i love hondas and i still have them still build them i wish i got into them more yeah dude a lot of people a lot of the greats uh, did um i mean so many drifters now started out in hondas i mean like forrest wang you know we've worked with him for years and he uh back in hawaii i mean he had the cleanest turbo yeah. dc2 so well, yeah a lot of people did but yeah it's all like they either came from hondas or 240s or you know skating, skating bmx, BMX yeah. all the same. i'm both yeah, yeah. I, I was a sponsored skateboarder at 12 13 um Damn. anyways so yeah the 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 thing about the crx was that as soon as i um really got to the track i, I said man this car needs to be a real drive. Like, I've, yeah. Cause my friend had a SR 240 and then when he would like haul ass, it would get, you know, like, I don't know what to call it. Like fishtail fishtailing. Yeah. Yeah. Squirrely. Yeah. They call it. Yeah. And I said, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I and then do that. Yeah. I'm like, this is what it's, this is what's supposed to happen. Cause my case so series, that was kind of like your gateway into oh, drifting. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess. Yep. Okay. And, uh, and then, you know, behind the scenes, all this is kind of like, Again, the products were sort of not show car, but sort of show car utilitarian. Yeah. And then it started going into motorsports, you know, gotcha. um, because once I hit the track, um, it was like power steering was boiling over and blowing yeah. everywhere. The brakes weren't working so good. Uh, you know, fuel lines were leaking because they were, you know what I mean? So it's like you're exposing all the, the issues that we solve now. Um, yeah. Yep. And so we also did engine harnesses back then so i would did y'all focus more on road like road race cars back then or was it a little bit drifting? it was it's like my my reality is is yes but it's like there was a public perception for years that i had to get past and that was like oh they just do show car stuff they just do show car oh, stuff you know what okay I mean? yeah and so yeah my reality was yes i was super into road racing for a minute there um and then yeah it was you know we're talking two and three years and yeah trying to condense it but yeah the, at the track um i i didn't like like i love front wheel drive and we still like tracking it so i'm not i'm not hating on them at all but i just personally was like i gotta have a rear wheel drive car yeah. I, it's like i want this power that's something i wish i would have learned sooner yeah yeah I, I was always a front wheel drive sedan really type of guy. I, like i had a my one of the favorite cars i ever had was a jetta gli it was an 03 
the VR6 in it. Okay. Shit. I loved that car. Yeah. But the day I got a rear-wheel drive car, I was like, yo, this, this is, is way better. Yeah. It just feels like it drives better. It's it's controllable. And, and you know, the front-wheel drive, like, it would rip, but it would, even with the traction bars and, like, all sphericals up there, it would, like, wheel yeah. hop, and it would <laughs> torque steer and all that. And you can make it work. I mean, there's front-wheel drive cars that run as fast as, you know, you know, like time, time attack ones that are yeah. hanging. But yeah, I just, I wanted to drift basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he would rip. It was like 300 horsepower. My friend would, you know, he'd 300 horsepower SR and we'd be like going mm-hmm. up the hill and it would just be doing this. I'm like, dude, I got to do this. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I would, I had parted out the CRX. Um, my lung spontaneously collapsed. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. It's like tall and skinny people are more prone to it. So 2009, my, my lung collapsed. Uh, I had a roommate at the time that stole all kinds of shit from me. Like he, I had status Kevlar seats, stole those. Um, I had SSR wheels that I was like parting out from my CRX that he stole and then like locked me out of the place. And, uh, I was, this was, yo, what (laughs) man did it? Well, it's just so long of a story, but yeah. So that was and, and like all my stuff was inside. So I was homeless for a little bit. I like finally, you know, got it to where I could go. I could get all my stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? And so I um and the lung collapsed after this, but uh so yeah, I was I was literally living in my uh in my car and I had all the chase base stuff in the trunk and would like Dude. like pack package stuff and then take it to USPS. So I was I think that was like about a month I was living in, in my car, like in, in yeah. Los Angeles. And then stayed with a friend, lung collapsed, um, and then they didn't cover it under insurance because I was still on my parents' insurance or my mom's insurance at the time. Okay. And uh, I know there's a lot of I've got my whole opinion on insurance oh, and shit like that, dude. We what's, could go for hours on that as well. <laughs> yeah, well, what's great about it is that you're forced to pay it pretty much and they're not forced to help you at all. That's yeah. car and health insurance. Really cool. It's, my Good opinion gig for them. Is as simple as it gets is why would you pay for health insurance? When they're still going to charge you an arm and a leg, the hospital more than likely has a payment plan or some type of pricing for non-insurance mm-hmm. having people, which is way lower. And then you could just get the loan. Focus on your credit more than yeah. insurance. Dude, I'm, I'm, my business is well established and doing good. I don't have health insurance. Yeah. Because it's just not worth it. it. It's I just won't. not worth it. Because you can even negotiate. They're like, oh, we don't take insurance. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not one of those people. Like, I'm... I'm doing okay. Yeah. What's your cash price for this? And sometimes it's cheaper. Yeah. Because they go, oh. It's normally you know. way cheaper. Yeah. Because we just, you I know, mean, my wife and I had a baby, uh, you know, 14 months ago. And um, yeah, I, I was like, what's the cash price for, for you know, start to finish, you know, yeah. del- delivered and sealed and everything. And, and and they all, and I didn't buy their add-ons. It's Money just like, talks. dude, it's just hospitals. is like being at a dealership. They're like, all right, we're going to do, we're going to add this shot and we're going to add this yeah. and this vaccine and this and this and this. And so like your total price is going to be $800,000. You're like, well, what if I don't get all of that? What if you just deliver the baby and then we take them home? And I'm like, oh. Um, oh yeah. I never really well, I thought about that. Yeah. I guess it's like $10,000 like out the door. And you're like, Sold. Right, cool. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Thank it's, you. It's literally, it's like a dealership. But uh, I'm distracted now. I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, damn, I forgot too. Oh yeah, my life story, my sad yeah, yeah. life story. <laughs> so you had a lung collapse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How did how did your lung even collapse? What was the? It's just something that will will create it. So it's like, dude, you could even just like be lifting something and strain a little bit, and it'll it'll pop it. But huh. you, there's there's 
if you're tall and skinny, um, or just like you know the three body types, there's like endomorph, metamorph, and all that. Yeah. Like yeah. there's you know, even like slimmer, like not super skinny, but just slimmer frame people. Like you're, that's who's susceptible to it, you know, like mm -hmm. the, I forget what it is, like metamorph or something. So they're just more susceptible to it and it's pretty much impossible for the other two. Um, but yeah, you that's just, crazy. it's just smart. It's your lung wall. You're so tall and your lung walls are bigger and weaker or something, but there's like certain wow. breathing exercises you can do. And, and it happened again in 2013, but it hasn't happened since. So like, so I can't. Do you, do you ever have to, sorry to cut you off, but okay. do you have to deal with that like in on hot days at the track in the car or like no i don't have decreased lung capacity nothing? or anything it oh, was just okay. it was like man the the reason it, it originally collapsed is because um i was sick and throwing up and so that's what did gotcha. it you know what i mean yeah. so there's like it's You're like straining a lot of muscles straining yeah around. and it's like tmi i know but yeah so that's that's kind of what happened and then um but yeah, I went to the, you know, went to the doctor. I'm like, I can't breathe. You know, you're, you just get short on breath. Like, yeah. You can't take a full breath. And then they're like, you need to go to the hospital, you know, because they like listen to me. And I guess like, you need to go, go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. So I went to the hospital you and they. experienced people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the hospital and they're like, oh, you just broke a rib. I'm like, geez, broken or, breaking a rib is terrible. You know, because I was like, <gasps> couldn't breathe. So they sent me home. Yeah. So I walked home like a mile and, um. I'm trying to remember. Sorry, it's been a long time. I think I was my daily driver at that time was I sold that car and I my daily driver was the CRX and I started parting it out. Anyways, it's irrelevant to your to the <laughs> It all listeners. blends together, you know. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I walked home and they called me in the middle of the night and they're like, You need to come back or you're gonna die. And uh Fuck. I know, I'm like, is this a joke? So they sent a crown vic, a guy named Leroy came and picked me up because I didn't want an ambulance. And uh he, yeah, he picked me up. <laughs> And uh, took me to the hospital, and they rushed me back, and they uh, pretty much stabbed me to do a, ch a chest tube. Yeah, it's one of the worst yeah. pains. Like if you look up worst, like top three pains, it's the worst pain you can have. No shit. Yeah, it hurt. <laughs> oh my god. Because usually Damn, they, there's like a full study on it. I know. Well, in movies, if you watch, if like somebody's you know gotten in a car crash and they have a collapsed lung or something, they, yeah, they, they like do it. And they're always like, this is going to hurt. And they do it. And it makes a crazy noise. And there's fluid everywhere. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're they're like, this is going to hurt a little bit. And it was the worst pain of my life. But yeah. Did it do the, the oh, it little did the, air it did thing? This and stuff went everywhere. So all the sound effects just, are like They're accurate? real. Yeah. And I was what, looking at it. I'm like, dude? holy shit. I actually was speechless for two hours. I couldn't speak because it hurt so bad. Wow. I know. I'm, I know I'm, I'm going at like 90 miles an hour here. But yeah. No, you're good. This is, this is interesting. So, okay, okay. So after... After the collapse long, yep. were you still living in your, you, no, you no, I had with someone at that time. Yeah. So I was homeless for a bit, found a, you know, was staying with a friend, lung collapses, uh, insurance didn't, um, insurance wouldn't cover it. So yeah. I was like, well, I need to hire employees. I need more space for Chase Bay's because we were growing and, you know, rent's too expensive out here in LA. I know people that are down to work for me. So I'm, I, you know, there was a multifaceted, so parted out the CRX, um, to pay for all my medical bills and, you know, fun yeah. going home, getting a shop and all that. So I moved back to Birmingham and then gotcha. Greg Bussell actually came and, and worked for me. Who's now at <laughs> Coro Works. We had a, shout out Greg. Yeah, dude, we had Love an insane guy. time for like a year. He lived with me and, um, and then Bon, uh, since bath, Bon B, they call him. He, he's got a Takata green EG civic lives in Tennessee. He's in, um, 
premium garage crew if you've ever yeah yeah i've heard of them okay yeah they're in nashville so they that we we all lived in a house and worked did stuff Sick. did chase base things well it was in our living room at first and then we got a shop in pella but yeah we had fun hell yeah yeah and then greg went back home and bond went back home and i just i don't know man it's, that's that's kind of like the um what do they call it the um after the roman empire the dark ages you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah after that's kind of like the dark ages because it was just all right i don't know what i'm doing i don't know how to thrown to the wolves yeah figure it out yeah because it was all fun and games when it's like easy to fulfill yeah. but then like the real business problems start and then you're faced with all these challenges yeah. that you're not trained on at all well what was the what was the first one you were kind of first major one you were faced with that you were, didn't have a, the first clue to figure out um it would probably be negative feedback so um we sh you know if you run a business long enough you're gonna get you know negative uh, feedback of course and whether they're they're just whether they're Content's the same way what's that content's the same way so oh, if you're trying gosh. to do that too expect that do you you got haters or what no yeah if dude any every time i post something about an ls it doesn't matter what uh, i say yeah someone's got opinions okay yeah they'll beat you up too if i talk about influencers oh my god and they start attacking you personally too. wild they're like why do you look like that you're like i don't know dude my parents made me <laughs> I like just, i don't know i got like beat by the ugly stick what do you expect yeah. from me <laughs> um yeah that one was the first one because it's almost like going into it naive because it was a honda tech thread where this one was, we weren't in the wrong necessarily, but this customer, you know, we made engine harnesses for years and thank God we don't anymore. You know, I love wiring specialties. I couldn't do it. I'll, yeah. Shout out to wiring specialties. Dude, Yuri is By awesome. By the way, 5% off in, in the description if you really? want it. Yeah. Y'all, you, you have Just a an wiring? affiliate, dude. Okay. You talk to I, Yuri? I barely mention them and like it. The link works. Okay. Like people use it. Because yeah. 5% off that's of a good, that's a lot. 14, I paid $1,400 for yeah. my harness. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't have anything to do with them at that time. Yeah. And I love it. I'll advocate for them always, dude. Well, and that's, you know, we can talk. Wiring. <laughs> we can talk about that later, but, the, you know, just there's certain types of products that have negative feedback, like inherently. It's clutches, plumbing, and wiring. And wiring, you know, we did engine harnesses and we were doing like the fluid power products. And those, you just can't, like you have to be a master of one. Yeah. They're too difficult. So yeah, we did engine harnesses for years. And then, yeah, we the I was talking about negative feedback. So we had somebody oh, who posted sorry, on, yeah. it's okay. Well, dude, we're going to ping pong. <laughs> yeah, this, it's going to happen. Um, so yeah, it, that was the, the biggest problem that I had where I was like, I don't know how to speak to somebody who's angry. I don't know how to handle this and i learned very quickly i mean it takes basically getting like you said thrown to the wolves and then you just yeah. find your way out you know and it's tough too because when you're when you're that young um there's nobody you know you can't afford a consultant yeah. you don't have like none of your friends have been through it before too like you'd have to go like 10 or 15 years ahead of you none of my family members um, that i was speaking to owned businesses my dad was a serial entrepreneur but we were not on speaking terms at the time mm. um and so it was hard because, yeah, I, I didn't know how to handle it. So it was just, it was basically somebody had bought a harness and it was eight months from the time they bought it. Right. And I, and it sounds really bad without context, but they bought it and our turnaround time was eight to 10 weeks, which was common at the time for wiring, yeah. you know, still is. I mean, if you get a chassis harness made. What from, type of swap was it? Do you remember? Um, let's see at the time that was, I believe it was a K series in an EK. Okay. Um, and then. Yeah, we made SR harnesses, KA, 
one J, two J, RB, and and then all the Honda like B, okay. K, yeah, all that. So yeah, there's a, a Honda K series, and um, so after six weeks, he made a change, and then I had to order more parts. So it, it nullified the like eight to ten week process, and then um, and then he changed to you know this and that. So we we were in the communication the whole time, but it kept changing, and I'm like, well. You know, let me send you your money back or something. He's like, no, it's cool. Like, you know, yeah. it's all good. And then I had, and this sounds like a, you know, a made up story, but it's reality. But yeah, I had gotten strep throat. I remember it because it's like burned in my, yes, in my one, brain. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I had gotten strep throat and I couldn't even, I couldn't, it's like, I didn't understand at the time that you can't leave, a, like when they spend money with you, I know it sounds like obvious, but like. I guess in an email, I'm like, I have strep throat, you know, I can't, I can't work on your stuff. And they're like, I don't give a shit that you have strep throat. Like I need my products. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I didn't understand that yet. Dude, I was 21, 22 years old. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I had strep throat. So I just didn't answer the phone for, you know, two days and I was trying to reply to emails, but I was like, ah, oh, they'll understand. I'll, I'll just email them or something. And then he went to Honda tech and was like, what's going on? Like, has anybody had problems with the chase bays? And at the time, nobody had, but they had, they were, it was the general discussion and debate um, forum in Honda Tech. And if anybody was ever on Honda Tech, that was like the shit posting. That's where like memes yeah, were created. Yeah. Like LOL cat started there. And like, you know what I mean? It was yeah. just shit posting okay. area where like a lot of the guys weren't even really into cars. They just, Honda Tech was one of the most popular forums, you know, across yeah, the board. Yeah. Just and so, dude, they just ripped me there. apart. Like they, <laughs> they, they, um, because and the, the guy even posted like page two, and he said um, he was all he was saying it was like he was naive about it too because he just said you know I just haven't gotten in touch with him for two days, and you know just wanted to see if anybody else like I'm sure it's fine blah 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 like he was really optimistic but then everybody else like created this narrative like he's screwing oh, you over yeah. scammer was a big word back then because like in the Honda world there was so like there there still is but in in all the worlds there's like scammers everywhere and. Um, and so they, you know, they were calling, calling us scammers and all that. And then I just didn't even know about it. You know, and my yeah. friend called me and like, dude, there's like a nine page thread about you. And I'm like, holy shit. Cops showed up to my house because they, oh, shit. they found that I didn't have a, a business license. And oh, then, okay. and then pe like they were just trolls. And so they, um, so they were like by page six or seven, like the mob had <laughs> created and, uh, Dude, if it sounds made up, but like anybody that was ever on Honda Tech general discussion and debate, like you post like, dude, this girl like cheated on me, blah, 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 blah. And like, let's blitz her phone. And she'd get like, two, <laughs> yeah. she'd get like 200 phone calls. Like this is where trolling and memes began. So yeah. Good old form. I had, baby. yeah, I don't even know. I don't remember what they said to get the cops in my house, but I just remember like I had, they, they were like, he doesn't have a business license. He's not legitimate. Let's fucking ruin his life. I'm like, holy shit. So that was the worst thing that ever happened. And it was interesting because it, you know, you know, we've certainly any company will have like product failures or yeah. whatever. As long as you do something about it, then you're good, you know, take care of your customer. Yeah. But it's funny because the first thing it wasn't even like. I had necessarily fucked up. It was like a communication <laughs> thing, you know? So that was, it's kind of a long story, but yeah, that was the the first like huge thing where I'm like, dude, yeah. and, and this is the big one is that I posted by like page nine and I was like, what's the big deal? Like I I, I was sick, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but like I was sick. I didn't, um, I didn't mean for this to happen, blah, blah, blah. And they just ripped it apart. It's like, so oh, I, yeah. I didn't they respond. Didn't at that point. Yeah. Well, they don't care. Like, 
you know, they don't really care in general. But. They don't care in general. Yeah, but uh, but I could have been better about it, and and I learned that one, if somebody says something negative, you have to make them like you have to assure them that everything's good. Yeah. Take care of them, send them their money back, and then just say uh, you can still get the product, but we'll just charge you when it's done. Like just make them, you know, because it's it's the right yeah. thing to do, and. You know, you got to stay in communication and that's really hard. It's like, if you're the one doing the work and communicating, you're like, well, I got to work. So I can't just be on the phone. You know, yeah, I mean? you can't do both at every, yeah. every second of the day. Yeah. So. so it's, it's, um, I learned, you know, from that, just like how to respond properly, mm-hmm. like let them know you're not the scammers. You're not like everybody else. You're going to take care of them. Cause even now if people have knee jerk reactions or if mm-hmm. something shows up missing or wrong or, or, or they, they, they don't even, under, they just don't understand it or they think something's wrong. They'll like lie Their wife us. just pissed them off and now yeah. they can't find this part that's in their package. Yeah. They're like, like they're completely overlooking it, but they're pissed. So they're just going to cause a scene, you know? Well, and it makes sense too. Cause I mean, I've, I've built like 22 cars now and like, dude, we've dealt with so many companies that are just bad. Yeah. And so their, their knee jerk reaction for a lot of people is to just attack. Yeah. And so we have like a copy paste at this point. We're like, look, we're not like other companies. We will bend over backwards to help you out, whatever it takes, you know, yeah. um, even if it's not our fault, we still like, we of course have people who have the brake line like routed on the header and it melts and they're like, this is fucked up. Like this is unsafe, blah, blah, blah. Look, we're going to take care of it. We're going to refund you. But you know, do I you, suggest you running it yeah, a different just, route. Yeah, and then usually it's like, okay, cool, because because ultimately everybody's okay with it as long as they're taken care of. But yeah, and just connecting the two now, it's mm-hmm. just that that was the biggest problem I'd yeah. you know run into, and like probably one of the most valuable things. It, it's still you know there's, it still burns a little bit, but <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, it, it was communication is a very valuable skill. Yeah, I will admit that. I like I watch videos on people on. Like just how to speak, how yeah. to be a better interviewer, stuff like that. Yes, yeah. it's important. I, yeah, if, especially if I'm trying to pursue it. Yeah, legitimately. But. I know, and it's it's yeah, and it, it, there's different styles to it, but yeah, the especially from a company and just yeah, reassuring them, making sure they're taken care of, because yeah, there's the world is full of scammers, you know, yeah. it's full of of um, what do you call them, grifters? Grifter. Yeah, that's so fucking true. Yeah. So yeah, uh, in, in terms of the history, we're only at like. 2010 or 11 or something so i mean oh like i Lord. said the, the dark ages was just yeah like i said man just put, put well, my I'm head sure down working. you could go hours on end yeah, on yeah, the we'll, honda days we'll, we'll end it there so like how did okay so you're big into hondas then it transferred into more drifting then at that point or was it still kind of road racing or well at that time i'd, I'd stopped i didn't have time to, to go to the yeah. track anymore you know but i was more focused on road racing and stuff and um, man, actually, I was at D1. Yeah, I went to the D1 in Irwindale. I went to the D1 in, in Long Beach in California. Mm. Um, like, dude, they had brought the Goodyear Skyline over, like all these Hell legends. Yeah. And I was still kind of like half a step into drifting and road racing. So I was like, holy shit. Like Signal Auto, like those, yeah. um, those the matching 240s. Signal Auto, is that you right? Still had the wow effect. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So wow. I was, so it was kind of, um, you mentioned earlier what how much 240s were at the time, and then we went off on our eight tangents. But oh yeah, uh, so I got when I around this time where we left off, I think 2010, um, I got my first 240. It was eighty thousand miles on it, two tone S13 coupe, perfect. Two tone, hell Completely yeah, stock, yep. And I bought it for fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. Uh, and side note, my first my first car was a 240. 
Okay. It was not a Honda CRX. My first car was a 240. And it's crazy to think it was in 1993. And at that time, let's see, 2004 was when I turned 16. So it wasn't that old of a car, man, like yeah. a 10 year old car. And I, I think we paid like 2,500 or 3,000. Oh, Isn't that crazy? Off. Yeah. And they only Ooh. went up from there, even, even in their like, even in like the zip tied days yeah. of drifting where, you know, like t in this piss period, like 2009 and 10. But yeah, so to answer your question, so <laughs> I know. Well, it's it's. I mean, they did, they really didn't jack up in pricing until like sixteen, seventeen. I mean, they they kind of stayed. Yeah. They stayed in that like five thousand dollar range. I mean, for even forever. sixteen, seventeen, you could still find one for a couple grand, mm -hmm. and it's still running. You yep. know, maybe pretty beat the shit on the outside, yep. but you can still find the deal. I know. At least now, it's dude. Two forties were girls' cars. Did you yeah, know yeah. They were they were like the Celica, the 2004ish Celicas. Yeah. You know, those were girls' cars. Some guys had them, but yeah, they. I remember when I first got when I was 16 and got one. Some older kids were like, "That's a girls' car. It's a girls' car." I'm like this is the future of drifting. Just watch. <laughs> yeah, you just shut up and watch. Yeah, um, but yeah, the uh, what was the question? Um, so going because it was about the road. Were you, oh yeah, you sorry. In road racing and stuff like that. Yep. So. Yeah, I would say fully switched over to just more be drifting focused in 2011, 2012, because okay. we sponsored Formula Drift and went on the road a little bit in 2013. Um, I got a, a new FRS um, at thir uh, 2013, built it and was drifting it. And so, yeah, I'd say around then it just it was fully switched yeah. over. But there was, we, you know, Hondas have never died with this. And, and it's yeah. more of like what Chase is focused on and which, of course, translates to the business. But I mean... That and I was saying, I was saying earlier, like the show car utilitarian kind of car meet car versus the functional drift or road race car. Um, there was still like half the people that were like, "Oh, these are show car products," and half the people yeah. were like, "Oh, these are function only products." I'm like, "Hello, they're both." You know, <laughs> like you can, yeah, You're you not can, gonna believe this, dude, but yeah, you can do both, right? Yeah, high end design, high end um, function. So yeah, so yeah, that's that's the answer to that. Is that at some point okay. it was just about drifting, and I just got obsessed, man. I mean, drifting. To was me, there something in drifting that you were like, that's definitely the next motorsport, like the next yes. big motorsport for advertising and stuff like that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I came from skateboarding and I knew that for, you know, there, any skateboarder or BMXer seems to just get drawn to Gravitate drifting. Gravitate yeah. yeah. Because it's like... It's a subjective, creative, inducing, like, it's so cool because you can do whatever you want, you know, yeah. and a sort of, you know, there's rules and limitations and some of that. aspect. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And, you know, stuff like Spec Miata is so much fun, but you have to do the same thing. But with drifting, you know, you can, you can build the car, whatever color, all this, you know, it's an open canvas. And then there's a subjective aspect to it that's just like chaos and fun, just like, you know, skateboarding yeah. and BMX. Um and so, yeah, of course, gravitated to it and just understanding like how young of a motorsport it was. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know how to explain, I don't know how to put into words how I, how I knew like this was going to be it. Yeah. Um, I just kind of felt it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's kind of one of those things, like if I'm super into it, like this is the most fun that you can have. And, and, you yeah. know, and cause I'd been on track, I'd like raced, I'd done all these things and that's super fun too. Like I can't really say which one's more fun, but it's just, it's a new Avenue, you know, and it's fresh and it's like, we can make, we can make it into what we want. 
you know, and it started out just awesome. Like all the Japanese drifting, like the, it's like, it's my thing. I like so my, my products look good and they function well. Yeah. Drift cars supposed to look good and function well. You know what I mean? And like that. You know, certainly. Yeah. That. That's Please. it. Yeah. Make your car look cool. Yeah. And it takes time. I mean, you know, I've, I've certainly had the multicolored panels and like. Yeah, I do right now, but right. it's going to get painted fairly soon. Yeah. yeah. There's the intention. I just need the time to do it. Well, I mean, it comes in stages too. I mean, certainly there's those people who are like, it has to be be in sports and uh, work wheels and this and this, which sounds like me, but, um, but there's like, there's a pathway to it, you know? I mean, yeah. like there's levels, like you can't just go, I think I should drift. And then boom, you have this like show, you know? Yeah. No, that ready. shit ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Protects I, everything. And yeah, I just, drifting is, is, um, I don't know, man, it's the most fun you can have. And, uh. I don't really know anything. <laughs> I know it's 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 a different type of adrenaline, right? Yeah, and, and this I is will always say that. Yeah, anybody listening understands that. Um, I think the coolest thing is that, uh, you know a lot like our VP Brian. He's he's at all the events. A lot of people know him, but he's a professional race car driver, mm-hmm. and he's been in you know Ferrari Challenge, WRL, uh, IMSA, all these like really high end series. And then we've been friends. I mean, he was the best man at my wedding. Like we've been friends for forever, but he yeah. never like crossed over into drifting. And then when he finally rode in a drift car, he's like, holy shit, I have to do this, dude. Yeah. This is insane. But you were telling me about him and yeah. he's got some interesting stories. So if you guys want to see him on, let yeah. me know that in the comments because more than likely I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, and the kind of, connecting all the things we've just talked about the cool the thing about drifting is right now there's a lot of opinions on what it should be because there's some people who have gone like who fully committed to competing and you know they're bankrupt and then you've got people who not so, actually not actually bankrupt but well, you know what yeah, i mean no, like it, yeah, it's yeah. like a, it can like what is your opinion on that though going the competition route versus the more like the grid life route the more fun stuff yeah there may be a competition here and there but like you're in it for the show and everyone knows that. Uh, so like what is what's your opinion on comp versus more fun events? I think a motorsport or any sport, action sports, it all has to have an element of competition. There has to be and this is road racers problems with it um that we're I think we're, we're working out yeah. is that there's no metric, right? Cuz like we said earlier it's subjective and people are like oh it's like figure skating like don't say that. It's more like the blue angels, okay? Just y'all can use that. We thought of it because oh I mean, because it is, it's like in, you're yeah. in unison, people are like, oh, it's like figure skating. And they're like, oh, that doesn't sound, you know, that's not really my thing. Yeah. No, it's like the blue angels. So it's, it's, but it needs a metric. Like there's not blue angels competitions. That's something different. But like in road racing, it is objectively a winner or, you know, the fastest time. And that's important. Right. Yeah. And in basketball and football and all these things, there's, there is a, a metric to it. And it, it's you, very you're, easy to point out who the winner would be or right. is. Yeah. There's no, yeah. There's no like buying your way in at a certain yeah. point. You know what I mean? It's just talent. Um, and, and skateboarding, that was its problem just to connect that one too. And, and I haven't forgotten the question. I'm going to answer it. Um, but skateboarding's problem was that it was too subjective, right? And yeah. it was frustrating because the ju- and this is going to sound familiar to drifters. The, the judges make calls that people don't agree with, yep. and like, unanimously, everyone disagrees. And they're like, "What is the deal? Is it because they have a bigger sponsor? Is it because this? Is it because this?" But you know, street league and skateboarding—if anybody's familiar with it—Rob Dyrdek started it. 
you know, all these other comps were just subjective. Three judges go, mm, that was a 10, mm, that was a seven, blah, blah, yeah. blah. There was no metric to it. Rob Deerdeck figured it out. He created an entire system and analytics, and it shows like if they're 94% ac- you know, landing or 90%, 97, 94% accuracy, each yep. trick meant a, had a value to it. And then they would have, you know, if somebody made up a new trick, they'd have to like flip in, flip out of this weird thing that nobody's done. They're like, all right, we have to figure this out. Like, what's the <laughs> difficulty level? Time out, time out. Yeah, but they took, it, they took it seriously. And that's why Street League has been so successful. And that's what led to it being an Olympic sport is because they created a metric for it. So you have to have that. Like you can't just have, you know, skateboarding couldn't just be vibes and, and, um, and skate videos, you know, and expand in a way that can make a living, you know, yeah. cause you've got soul skaters. Like I just vibe out, blah, blah, blah. But dude, don't you want to make a living from it? You know, like if you, if you can build a, a $50,000 drift car, how cool would it be if you're not an influencer, if you're just competitive, how cool could it be to make a living out of it somehow, you know? And you know, I've, you, you find different ways of doing it. I started a business, you know, and yeah. I, you know, the, the business led me to it. It's, it's there's different ways, but I mean, we all want the sport to grow into something that we want to see. So my opinion on it is that, you know, both things are important. Like you've got the core group of people, like your, um, I guess you could call it grid life, but it's like final bout. Like they just, it's like the true nature of drifting. Like you have to have a certain amount of style. You have to have a certain amount of talent on driving and it's competitive, you know, and it's like team tandem and stuff. And then you've got FD, which people have major gripes with because they, they disagree with the judges and there's yeah. no metric or baseline to, to base that off of. And I think it's going to take, you know, somebody just creating, um, and, and people are leaning into it, but, uh, we, you have to have competition and it can't wreck your life. Yeah. You know, cause skateboarding, you just have, it's, it's a little easier. Um, I mean, sh- certainly it's, it's you more break yourself, <laughs> right. I was going to say, it's certainly less safe, but it's certainly cheaper to get into, you know, yeah. I mean, you just have to feed yourself and, and, you know, your skateboard is like a hundred dollars total. That's um, actually insane to say skateboarding is less safe. Yeah. Because I know, we're right? going so much faster. There's so many more mechanical parts mm-hmm. moving and just, I know, isn't it? so much more going on. <laughs> yeah. But, road racing is more unsafe because you get to 180 and all that in, in some situations. Um, but yeah, drifting's not, not there. It's more, more people have died in the crowd because the yeah. tire falls off and it hits them. Like, I think the only death in drifting is the one or two photographers in, in Japan that died when they, oh, when the tire yeah. hit them. Yeah. yeah at least that we like, at least in, in, in public. I don't know yeah. what happened if somebody flipped They're off. They're wrong, of course. Correct yeah. us in the comments. Sure. Blah, blah, whatever. But yeah, so it, it is, it is crazy to say that. But yeah, so, so skateboarding is, is I think just like what we, and BMX is like what we have to use is, a good comparison. They created yeah. metrics. We have to create metrics. For the competition side, I 100% agree. There yeah. needs to be designated scores or numbers to specific tricks yep. or however you run your line, whatever it is. I don't. I'm personally not a fan of competition. Okay. Solely just because of the fact I see so many people want to do it that are completely oblivious to what it actually entails. Mm. So like people that are really quiet, they don't sit up, they don't, they won't get on camera. So that's a big problem you're going to have. You got to be on camera yeah. no matter what. Well, cause half of it is the branding. Yeah. And most people, they don't know how to brand anything. Yeah. So they're just thinking of like, Oh, it, the logo goes on the car. It's shown up at the event. That's the work. No, it's not. There's so many extra stuff that goes along with it. And, once you get up to that higher level, it's so fucking expensive. You have, 
you're going to have to learn all of that and do it 10 times more at that level. And people don't understand that going in. So a lot of people fall off, which pushes them out of drifting, I think. And I hate to see that. And I think I've seen that's it. I've a seen lot it of the reason why I wanted times. this to start so that yeah. that could be a little bit more out there and available to people for people to understand. Because I had Jonathan Cash on. Dude's the lowest budget in FD, I really? think, still. If I'm wrong, Whatever. maybe Correct I'm wrong in the comments, again. As always. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it, it's it's interesting to see someone like him as like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to try it and I'm going to do it. If I go broke doing it, so be it. But I just don't see the value in it for the effort you have to put in. It you is. You could have so much more fun and make more money, I think. Yeah. In the long run, doing other stuff. Yeah, this isn't meant to hurt anybody's feelings, but it, it is one of the biggest scams in motorsports right now. And, and I, I, I'm, you know, that's not, that's not an opinion of Chase Bays. That's an opinion of me. But it's yeah. like, we, you do have to have competition, but dude, it's a total loss. I mean, I've watched, I've, we've been sponsoring drivers since 2013. I've watched so many of them like borderline ruin their lives. Like their yeah. wives leave them and, and oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and then if you have kids, like you just, it's, it's just not cool, man. I mean, there has to be, if we want the sport to grow in the way that we want to like, cause you know, we're not we're small potatoes like your title sponsor yeah. can't be chase bays your title sponsor needs to be way bigger like mm. you know i mean we have like nos and all that like yeah, rock, yeah. rockstar and stuff but like but that, you want netflix to be making documentaries and, and and mini series about drifting like they did with f1 like you want it to be on i don't know espn or something yeah. like that i mean we're, the sport it entirely is like too far from being at that level, I think there needs to be a lot more professionalism and more white collarness yeah. within the industry. Well, and this is probably one of the more th like a thing that would create an argument in the in the comment section because people have their different vision for it. Like there's soul mm -hmm. skaters or soul drifters and all that. But I mean, it's going to grow. I mean, it's too much fun not to grow, but we just want it to grow in, in a proper way. And it sucks to see so many people financially ruining themselves. And yeah. I personally don't compete. I think we're going to compete in final bout this year. Um, and That's something I really want to do, dude, final bout is, is the, is one of the best things ever. Yeah. Um, I've never even been to one. Yeah. Uh, you should go to, uh, special stage East in West Virginia. That's not too far from here. Okay. It's sometime mid year. I think that's the one we're going to compete at, but final bout's cool, man. It's just, it's another thing about competitive drifting, um, and yeah, I almost get overwhelmed talking about what we're talking about right now because there's so much to say and yeah. I, I don't want to take up the whole podcast talking about it. I, I agree with you. I mean, it's 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 life ruining. It's maybe dramatic to say that, but it's like borderline life ruining. There's no value. You keep doing that. We should just move I the wheel. I keep forgetting it's there now. <laughs> Is it a new edition? first episode is there, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I gotcha. Love Conseys. Yes. Um, yeah, thanks to our sponsor. Yeah. It's now giving me a swell bone. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> you all uh, get to see my bruised funny bone. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, again, it's like competition is necessary. Somebody out there is going to create metrics and they're going to, you know, be the leaders of it. You know, I, I, I oh, know yeah. you had Ryan Sage on. Um, Real quick. Can I pause? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, you were talking about I had Sage on. Yeah. And... I'm ping ponging a good bit. But yeah, yeah we're. 
Um, I feel like I didn't say enough about the competitive drifting and, and I just wanted to retouch on that, but yeah, I, I need to watch your thing with Ryan Sage. Cause I mean, that's, I, I know that there was like a buyout or something like a partner disbanding or something, but I, you know, I, I have my gripes and, and I know everybody's very vocal about FD and they, they've got to create metrics, you know, I, I, yeah. I would love to start a, a competitive drifting company and, and, you know, capitalize on that. Cause I feel like I have the ideas and, and I systems think in place. Masters has it more figured out. Everybody's uh, saying that. Yeah, because they they really got the show aspect of it down. They, if they can get the points aspect of it, like you're talking about, yeah, I think it'll they'll kill the charts and they'll start branching over into the U.S. Yeah, I was gonna say there's something about the U.S. and Japan where things have to happen from there. Um, I mean, no slight toward Europe. Europe's incredible. Uh, obviously, that's where we descended from. But <laughs> it's like <laughs> um, I don't know what it's just. I think it's just you know strong capitalism or something. But yeah, yeah. it's like. Drift masters, uh, like the the most people that are drifting are in America and and Japan. Maybe that's what it is. But even on a like street league, like there was people, you know, for for skating, there's like a European group. They're just killing it, but it's like it's too hard to. Yeah, it's like too far over there, even though the internet's there. But yeah, if they come to America, um, they 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 do seem to have that figured out. Like the metrics, yeah. like you, you just want to make it to where it's. Um, irrefutable. It's like, here's exactly why he won. Because yeah. at this point we have drone shots. Oh, also that was the problem with formula drift for years is you were, it was like, you were just left with the angle that you got. Yeah. But now with drones, now with drones, you're like, oh, he was, you know, on or off throttle or he was, you know, he did you have good see proximity. every little detail on yep. if the wheels stop or you can see literally inside the car if they make a mistake in their hands or whatever. Exactly. It is. Yeah. Crazy. Like FD New Jersey, when it was at the wall back in the day, that was terrible because it was just a smoke a smoke bowl. Yeah. So they just didn't know. They go, we don't know who won. We just, I guess it's him because they paid more money. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, and I was, I guess that closes that out. I mean, that's, I, I feel like we agree on that. And mm -hmm. I don't, what, I don't know what the, what is the consensus of most of your viewers? Do they weigh in or? So a lot of, yeah, I will say a lot of the viewers are probably that mindset of going into competition. Um, that's why I bring it up a lot and talk about it because I really want to deter most of those people. Like know what, by all means, go do it. Sure. Like do it. If you want to do it, do it. But know what the fuck you're getting into because okay. it's rough. And if. If your whole goal is to have fun, that's normally what my question is. It's like, what is your actual goal? Like, what do you want to, why do you want to do FD? Or yeah. why do you want to drift in general? And most of, most people are just like, well, I, I, I want to make a career out of drifting. I was like, oh, yeah. you're in the wrong route, dog. Sure. That's horrible. Yeah. Well, that's, that context helps me. I guess I should have started there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we've sponsored so many people and we've just watched their budgets happen and we've, we've watched it all fall apart and. Um, some of them just don't seem to know when to say, I can't do this anymore. They just, yeah. You know, and that's, that's part of the like entrepreneur spirit, you know, it's like, I'm going to do it till it works. But like at some point you have to pivot, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, currently yeah, I, I hear commonly, um, okay, I want to drive with the best. I want to see how I pair with that, the best. Dude, that's a big one. Dude, here's the thing. Go to grid life. Well, oh, it's, there's still an acceptance level to it. Right. So, I mean, final bout's a great way to do that. Um, you have to, your car has to be a certain caliber, like it has to be at a certain level. So that's kind yeah. of tough, but all these guys I like that though. I, I agree. I Dude, really love that. Yeah. That's my favorite. One of my favorite parts about it. I'm I'm all about it because we need to up the ante of, of this, of the builds and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that goes into like more FOMO factor. <laughs> well, it's more FOMO. Um, 
It's like all my favorite topics are being talked about, so I can't stay on one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. But like, if you want people like, like a Netflix documentary to happen, you can't have the ratty drift cars that you see around, you know, like it has yep. to be final bow yep. because that's what non drifters would be like. That's sick. You know, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to have that. But um, yeah, so everybody drives, you know, like not everything is grid life. Not everything is final bout. Like there's ways that you can go tandem with, with pros and, and all that. Um, but I mean, financially, you know, I'm, a, I've gotten into commercial real estate basically to, to fund more car stuff, but, um, and because that's just the, the way you create like any sort of security and, yeah. and all that. So I've, I've got several properties and generational so wealth. Yeah. 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 That. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't have it. It wasn't given to me, but I want to create it, you know? That, exactly. Um, tough, tough time to be in it, too. Exactly. I wish I was a little older. Was, could get all kinds of stuff. Or <laughs> you could just go into an old city and go, let's let's turn this into a, a hip town again, you know? But now it's like, there's, there's still, in commercial real estate, there's still money. We'll talk about that later. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, as an investor, like, if with an investor mentality, it's like, what does $50,000 get me? What does $100,000 get me? And with drifters, they have to look at things that way. You know, yeah. it's, you can't be reactive. You have to be proactive. So what are your goals? You want to see how well you pair with, yeah. with you know, a pro. Okay, is that ego-based? Like, you, what, what do you get if you learn that? And if it's like, I just have to know. I have to know. Okay, cool. It is literally cheaper to rent a track, pay their way, give them incredible paydays, like get the, your three favorite drivers and say, Hey, I'm having this giant event, get the best event planner, get all this stuff. Yep. Like that's cheaper than running a, a whole competitive and drifting you'd probably series. get sponsors better for yeah, something dude, like that, I, dude. What the fuck? You'd have more fun. You'd create something cool. I mean, maybe that's, that's my, that is actually cheaper. Cause if you pay, I don't know what, what it would cost. Like you had Nate Hamilton on recently, yeah. right? Okay. Let's say he somebody wants to see how well they drive against Nate Hamilton. What does he cost per day? Like I think five or ten thousand dollars would be an incredible payday. Yeah. If you just said, Hey, I'll pay you ten grand, like any, almost any sponsored driver would be like, Okay, cool. Dude. Like that's that's cheaper and you'd get to it's go so drive. It's funny with them. because this I've actually thought of this as like a video idea. Yeah. Not something that I want to do because yeah. it doesn't relate to me whatsoever. Okay. But if there's someone out there that creates content around drifting and preferably like hasn't drifted a real car before and does sim racing a lot, calls out a professional driver in a real car as a sim drifter. Okay. That would blow the fuck up on the internet. I guarantee it. Just because of the like the Peter Visick video that he did with the sim, yep. uh, putting a sim driver into a real car, yep. 800, whatever fucking horsepower. And he murdered. He was dude. It was like nothing. I don't know anything Second about nature, it, bro. That's oh, awesome. you haven't seen that? That's awesome. That happens in and road racing all the time. Oh yeah, that video blew up instantly. So he he was really good at, at sim. Got in an actual well set up car. He was a world champion in sim racing and he killed it. And came That's awesome. on. He I think it was a giveaway circumstance. Or was something. it a setto? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, this bro, video was like probably. a year two okay. ago. Okay, instead of courses, just the sim stuff, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't. I've driven a sim a couple times in my life. That's about that's it. A, that's um, a good idea. Yeah. I mean, you said you're not going to do it, but somebody out there should. Make yeah. Yeah. Because I, I I drove before driving a sim. So like. Same. A sim just doesn't relate Same. to me. Right. It's. Yeah. I got to sit there and fucking practice for months to yep. figure it out. But. You know, Podium One Racing, they're in Nashville. Um, They're building the incredible sims. Yeah. 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 Uh, 
yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. If I'm sitting in a chair and I'm doing this, I'm like, you know, most of drifting is kind there. of in your your butt, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you feel it in your bones. And um, oh, so it's the hips. Yeah, it's usually the hips. hips. Is what it is. And uh, yeah, it's hard, but it's hard to transfer that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to, like, people are really good at it, but yeah, I'd have to get one yeah, of the ones. Yeah, they're just. Yeah, I'd have to get in one of the ones that actually, like, do, like, act, you know, actual movements and, yeah. and G force and all that. But um, I digress. One big thing that I've heard is even if you can't do that, have a fan. Huh. Just wind blowing on you. Okay. But that, like, I've heard that so many times, but to me, like, I don't remember the last time I ever noticed wind blowing on my face, even when I'm driving. Yeah, it could be you one of those subtle, on those shit. subtle it's things. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's sensory overload for sure. So, I mean, it's a factor. That's one of the 20 factors, yeah. I guess. What about dirt? Like, you get a friend yeah. to throw dirt on you like you're going off track? Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just have one of those little, like, uh, those Febreze, like, but you could put a helmet. You could put a helmet <laughs> yeah. on. Your girlfriend walks in. You have a helmet on, and you're and you're on your computer. Like, what's up, what babe? Is, there's dirt and <laughs> anyway. wind spraying on you. Like, what's wrong with you? She leaves you. You're taking this too far, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Just go out and actually get your drive. shit together. Yeah. Well, what uh, were we talking about? We were talking about oh, the financial stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I guess I don't know what else to say. I mean, it it is it's. Um, we're just not there yet. I mean, it sucks though, because, you know, competitive drifting has to happen, um, in order for the sport to grow, but I highly recommend against, uh, doing it with most groups, you know, I mean, clutch kickers was good, a good way to do that. And the track was a good equalizer and that didn't work. And I don't know much about Riverside, but I know they're kind of doing the same, same tempo, same thing. Those things are good. They usually have an expiration date because the money runs out, you know? Um, it's, that's what I'm starting to see, and that's another reason why I bring it up too. Because the smaller payouts like that, or I guess they're bigger payouts, events smaller, smaller events, bigger payouts. God damn, I can't talk. What the hell? Um, You'll get there. <laughs> yeah, uh, those are starting to just wither away. And clutch kickers, like they just they shot too high from the jump. They didn't have enough room to move up. Well, they didn't and, own anything either. Everything was rented. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was another big problem. You gotta always, always so, gotta own it. Yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, that's that's hard to do. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a problem too because the cars have gotten so advanced in FD that mm-hmm. it's even harder to get into. If we still were in that, and this is why Final Bout's incredible. If you're still in that 400 horsepower range, the ability to get into it's so much easier because mm-hmm. the you know who, the uh, team proceed won Final Bout overall um, this year. And you know Simba's car is is a pretty rowdy SR S13. Yeah. Um, Lee's car is a stock BRZ with all you know all the suspension stuff. I shouldn't say stock, but it's like AC full interior. Um, it's got our handbrake in it, but it's like all yeah. Just, it's a BRZ with a lot of suspension stuff and a turbo kit. That is all. And and they and they won. And then in, like in Texas when we went, it was all stock turbo. Like it was three black 240s, S13s, okay. all with stock turbo SRs. And they were, of course, like yeah. newer turbos, not like the the 20, however many, however 30 year old turbos. <laughs> but I mean, they won. And they were up against, you know, 400 horsepower 1JZ cars and all that. Yep. So it's all like, 
the tracks aren't huge. And that's what the advantage of clutch kickers was. The yeah. tracks aren't massive. I got to drive the whole Florida track, which I loved. That was clutch one kickers? of the best tracks ever that I've driven. You did? Yeah. Uh, I never drove it. That's awesome. Oh, dude. It was amazing. Well, it's great because it's not a drag race, you know? It was I mean, like a better mid-pond to me. Really? Okay. Way should, better mid-pond. We should talk about mid-pond in a minute. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's a problem. And, you know... I, I think final bout's like the way to go for so many people because it's team tandem. So it's, it's more in, in goals. Yeah. It's more interesting for the spectator because in, in comp, you're trying to psych each other out, right? You, you either win the drag race and that's it. Or, you know, I mean, there's certain, most tactics are illegal, so to speak. Yeah. Like, you know, brake checking and all that kind of stuff. But like, ultimately you can run different lines each time and, and mess with the the follow driver. Yeah. And that's all, you know, that's good for the, for the winner. But for the spectators, you're like, um, I want to see action. Like I want to see a, a door on a door. And that's what is interesting on the grander scheme of things too. Mm. Like if it's going to be, I'm going to keep using Netflix as the example, because like maybe that's just our current target of like, we want Netflix documentary to, to grow, yes. to grow drifting. Yes. Right? Well, so no, we, can, we made it. <laughs> so, so people like us can get like really rich um, or, you know, moderately at least. Ta -da. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you, you've got like the biggest drifting podcast, so you'll be, you'll be up there. Um, so you. <laughs> you'll be like the, the commentator, you know, it's like the, like John Madden, how he was. spilling all the beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the good thing about the team tandem is that your objective is to keep it tight, keep it close and you work together. Like yeah. you plan everything you go, we're going to clutch kick here. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're not oh, it gets that nitty gritty. It, if your team wants to win, I mean, if you want to, yeah. if you want to put on a show, like yeah, it's all it's all staging. It's just it's like Blue Angels, like I talked about. They they have well, every second. Yeah. Blue Angels have every second planned out, right? They know. I mean, it's like timed, like ten seconds in, I go this way, you go this way. This is what we do, and then we meet back here. Yeah, it's all planned. It's not. They're not freestyling by any means. So drifting, especially team tandem drifting, is the same way. I mean, the guys that are doing well, they're they've they like are practicing all you know if they go to the track they're practicing all the time mm -hmm. but you can sit there and and, and strategize you know because you can say we want to get close to the wall or we don't you know and yeah. and if because if the front driver is like oh i'm going to scrub the wall and the other guys well no i want to hang inside you have you have to coordinate that and so the great part about it is that a good team works together to be to transition at the exact same points to have certain proximity toward the wall or the inner zone or anything. And then what the spectator gets is something incredible. Yeah. And if we're it's a lot more impressive to be that consistent. Yes. The cars look incredible. They're all together. They like the, the judging is not just the driving. It's the style mm. too. They ask you about your engine bay and you go, why are you running this? Why are you running this? And if you go, I don't know, I just bought it. Then that's a deduction. They want passion behind it. They want, I mean, I'm not kidding. That's how it is. They want, um, you know, thought they want the positive yeah. energy. They want passion behind it. They want inspiration. And so that it's like, it's, there is a show car aspect to it. There's a utility aspect to it. And there's the talent, the drifting aspect to it. So the spectator gets something incredible to look at because the cars are cool. They work together to be yeah. to have closer tandems. Drifting should be, dude. It's that's it. Um, and then, um, and yeah, I mean, so so the spectator gets something incredible. And like I said, if we if we want incredible content from like a bigger name than just YouTube or like yeah. a like YouTubers, just so to speak, but like a Netflix documentary or something like that, like Discovery Channel. I don't know. That's what it takes. Yeah. Because drifting is like baseball. It's so damn slow. 
You know, if you're watching FD, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. Let's keep the action going. Yeah. Which Look, that's what my background was. So really, <laughs> that helps. Yeah. Okay. Um, I played baseball since I was four years old until senior in high school. Awesome. Well, it wasn't a slight toward baseball at all, but I mean, you know, you no, know, no, you no, understand. no. It's, it's a very, I can't watch it. I physically can't watch really okay. any college, professional, any, I can't watch it on TV. Occasionally, if like I get a free ticket to go in person, okay. I can watch it. What's well, great. I'm I mean, leaving early. Right. I mean, if it's a big pro game, it's awesome. You know, yeah. it's just, it's the experience, but yeah, I mean, especially with people's attention spans decreasing, you know, I mean, we have to work with that. So footballs i'm not i'm not a fan of any i mean i'll watch it but i'm not a football fan but like um yeah it's faster paced right basketball's faster paced um you know nascar is even getting more faster paced and and people they're getting viewers again and so drifting man if you watch it sometimes it's so slow yeah so it's like if you i think fd and a lot of these bigger guys need to pick up on what lz's doing in his little okay world tours yeah we're going to we're going to all those this year that's yeah that's an event i want to i want to go to one of them yeah <laughs> but um yeah no he does it very they do it very well but it's also involved with drift games so that's probably why uh, so yeah that's they right. like every single run they come over to the to near the stands and stuff like that and they get on the mic and they they talk do little questions and stuff that gives swan or whoever's running the line to prep the next guys to go for the next lap and there's never any downtime, and there's always something interesting going on on the screen, and it creates a more fast-paced feel to it. None of it's faster paced, but it just feels that way. That's right. Because your eyes like are mid- always directed. It's somewhere. like halftime shows, but you know, yeah. quarterly. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Or yeah. like in between inning shows with baseball. Yep. 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 That's that's a great point. Um, yeah, they keep the action going. Yeah, and, and any good entertainment, you see that. I mean, even with. Um, I'm not a big fan of F1, but they have like mini documentaries. Like while there's yeah. like a crash happens, they show this little mini documentary. With FD, I'm, I'm sorry, but you have the worst commercials ever. Yeah. Like their commercials are just no good. And and they they should do better on on um on saying, hey, y'all need to do better. Like yeah. do better, do a little mini documentary. Like you're you're, you know, a big name company. I won't name any names, but like it's a big name company. Like, yeah. you know, probably 30, 40 million a year. Um yeah, I feel like a lot of that we've talked about this a lot. <laughs> create metrics, make it more interesting for the for the um, for the spectators. Keep it entertaining, you know. I mean, yeah, I think we'll get there. It seems like such a simple recipe, but why the fuck haven't we figured it out? I know that's the crazy thing. Somebody will do right. it. Well, it's it's like I, I think there's an outsider perspective of somebody who's like, dude, I, I've got all the ideas because ideas are easy, execution's hard, right? Yeah. Logistics is hard, of course. Um, I think Clutch Kickers was successful because they had the same place that they did it. Mm-hmm. FD is kind of a moving circus, so they're like they're spending so much time on logistics yeah. instead of like just get three tracks, dude. Yeah. Do two rounds at one track. You know what I mean? I mean like NASCAR's had f- however many years, like sixty years, to figure it out. It's not way bigger. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think it's just it's a little bit. It's all it's all like the same as like my experience in business. It's like I tried to do this and it failed. I tried to do this and it failed. I think we're just in the first twenty twenty five years where some of it's just kind of reactive. It's like I need to have a drifting competition. Here it is, and yeah. then there's all these problems with it. Yeah. And so they're just getting to like the first and second chapter, and we haven't gotten to chapter seven and eight and all that. And so. Um, I think, you know, podcasts like this are very important because you talk to a lot of drivers. I'm a driver and a business owner mm-hmm. and I, I have like a, 
I can take like a, all approaches, you know, I'm, I'm, I enjoy watching yeah. it. I'm not just a driver. I'm a, That's the whole point. Cause I mean, with so many demographics, like of people out there in different areas, cause like you go up North, the drift scene is completely different mm-hmm. technically from down here or out West or whatever. So whether it's the style of cars, the way people act. So you're always going to have like different inputs. And if you're following just, a, a Jimmy Oaks mm-hmm. or an Adam LZ or someone, and you're just getting their influence, mm-hmm. that can be cool, but like it may not work for just you. You That's may right. have different weather. You may have different all sorts of yeah. aspects of it. And like it's cool to hear how other people operate in different areas of the country, which thankfully you guys are more than willing to come here and like out of your own pocket and everything. So I appreciate you for anyone that you has mean your come. guests. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing that people want to, um, but yeah, it's cool to get the different perspectives from people because I always found I learned the most whenever I was standing in the shop with the homies, just having a conversation or uh, something yeah. like that. So yeah, the secret to life is asking the right questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So ask Word of mouth right. is like the best advertisement. And that's not even just an advertisement. Like, right. You may have a question you ask someone, they may not know, but they probably know someone that does. Right. Or if that person doesn't know, they probably know someone. It's just a chain effect in yeah. every way possible. It's crazy. Yeah, you're you're kind of going to be I mean, you are the biggest drifting podcast, right? I don't know that there's many, but you're the biggest. You well, got the most. There's the FDE podcast. Yeah, but like which you would I consider love all those that guys, the Jacob best and... one. Yeah, I love Jacob. Jacob's yeah. amazing. He's helped me tremendously okay. in my business. Yeah, we yeah, Wild Lives Rocks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that would be like the one that I would say resembles. Now, when I say that in the beginning, I s- like, well, I won't spill the beans on the podcast about that, but <laughs> no, cut, this, okay. cut this part out. You could. Um, yeah. You, yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Well, it's, be, I didn't mean to put I you got on the it spot. off of, no, no, you're good. I just don't want to like, cause I, I just say it just to say it. It was never, I said it from episode one. Cool. Um, but Logan Paul explained the way he does his intros and why so i kind of took something like from it. that i understand and he does number one drift podcast in the world which is complete bullshit everyone knows it right. but like it's something that everyone remembers yep so that was something that i wanted to contribute to this number one drift podcast on youtube because that's where i wanted understand. people to gravitate to towards more i understand okay um, well what i was going to say is that you know joe rogan obviously has like the biggest podcast ever and he's talked to more people like nobody's talked to more people than him yes yeah. i mean he's talked yeah. to presidents he's talked to like the top ceos of all the companies that you've heard of elon yeah. he's not Kanye. niched at all no dude yeah but one wild. day he has like far left one day he has far right and then the next day he has like a musician. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost like if the guy, it's the guy re- like can't even be open-minded because everybody's convincing of their side. So he, he just is always going to end up like in the void. Oh. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he gets to talk to more people and probably understands like all the different issues um, yeah. better than anybody. And so just pulling that down to what you're doing, you're talking to, dude, you talk to the founder of FD. That's awesome. He's done so yeah. like people can hate all they want. That dude's done more for drifting than most people, you know. Yeah. Swan oh, yeah. Swan has done so much stuff. You've talked to so many drivers, so many crew members. So I mean, you're in a good position to really you know, move drifting forward because I think I think all the what I've said, I've thought about a lot and I think mm-hmm. those are really good inputs and I maybe some people that are listening or maybe you can take that and give it to somebody that can do something with it. Um They do it themselves. Right. 
Yeah. This, dude, as soon as I post a reel, it's share a story, share the story, share yeah. the story. And well, they're so, putting their own captions on it. Yeah. And we work, relate. we work, we're now, we're, you know, Drift Appalachia, we're working with Brian Edgar, who's an FD judge, mm -hmm. working with Edgar, um, who's done Drift Indie for, I don't know how many years, like 12, 13 years. I've been talking to them. They want to come and do a podcast Dude, as well. They're so funny. Yeah. They're out of control um, in the best way. Yeah. But uh, they're like, they're, they're going to have it, you know, between them and then like Simba at Final Bout. Um, you know, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just like the right ideas and you can get idea overload. I mean, if I talk to oh, people, yeah. they're like, you should do this and this and this and this. And this. It's like, cool, come work for me and make it happen. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. it done. I'll pay you. <laughs> right. Um, I love the idea. Let's do it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just, um, yeah, I think, I think you're going to have, you have more, um, this, this has a lot of weight, you know, circle of drift has a lot of weight. I'm glad you're doing it. Thank you. Yeah. That means a lot. Yeah. And so, um, I, th I think, you know, it's it's the same as other sports, too. I mean, it's like when people get together who are in the industry and they talk about it. That's how SLS with, with skateboarding yep. happened, you know, yep. and all the, the progress that NASCAR and football and all that's made. It's just like, dude, what are we missing here? Like, and then you just, you fix it, you know, so you can be pivotal in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think there's some some room. I, I just, I literally just want people to get into drifting. Yeah. I just want more people in it. No yeah. matter what build you're building, what, no matter where the fuck you are. I mean, I have viewers from all over the fucking place. It's crazy to me. I don't understand that. Why y'all want to listen to me is wild. How'd but you, thank you. How'd you get started? How did you, um, like your first podcast, were you just like, here I go? Like, what? Who, who, oh, did you have a guest or was it dude. just you riffing? Um, so, well, I don't, like, the beginning stage, I had, oh. Yeah, I knew this would happen this is, on a podcast at some point. Uh, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. This is how I feel when you ask me, like, how did you get started? I'm like, dude, where did it begin? You know? Yeah, well, I can't, I won't go too deep into the co-host side of things. Oh, but okay. I had, there was someone that was a co-host. Anyways, um, basically, I was doing vlog stuff in the beginning yeah. um, for my personal channel. Uh, which now is just basically inoperable. It sits there. I've seen your, it's, yeah, you made a video about our power steering kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent, actually, I think I sent it to you. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's right. Um, Yeah, so uh, I used to do like little shitty vlogs and stuff like that. <laughs> and I had done that for years. Yeah. And not consistently. It was like periodically, maybe once a month or something like that. And maybe once every five months. So I was doing that for a long time, and what I, I really loved podcasts. I just, I loved listening to podcasts. It was like almost, if I got in the car, it was podcasts instead of music. Okay. That was it. And nobody had done a designated drift podcast other than someone like Maximum Driftcast, but they branched off a topic way too often. Like to, like wild topics. Like it, because <laughs> like I do it sometimes, and like, Sometimes I cut the topics out just so it flows right. And, but some things are kind of relatable to like BMX and stuff like that. It's like you can, anyone that's in drifting can relate BMX or skateboarding to drifting. And that's totally something fine to talk about. But if we start talking about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or something, <laughs> it's like, all right, we, we kind of need to yeah. move on. <laughs> so I'll find ways a core to group branch of off, but PBJ enthusiasts that yeah, yeah, are now, dying I, to hear. Dude, I've talked about it before. Like, <laughs> Grab you some butter, some bread and peanut butter and jelly, and keep that in your trailer and eat yes. that at the track. Oh, okay, save money. <laughs> so it's connected. I, I do it that way, but right. like, 
Yeah, so nobody had done one properly where it was professional, and on top of that, it wasn't video. So it was always audio. If they did do video, uh, it was video. one fucking camera angle of garage lighting that was shit. Yep. And it just it didn't have the right feel to it. So at the time, I was selling cars, making decent money for my age. So I was being a little reckless. I was like, fuck this. I'm yeah. done. So you got, that's what it I can't keep okay. up with the vlog stuff right now because I just I don't have the editing capacity in my brain to do it. Um, so let's start the podcast. I ordered, I dropped a couple grand on podcast equipment, stuff to set up the studio with at as little as it was. Um, and I just started because I, I had already learned at that point, like, you just got to press record. You're always going to tell yourself no. You're always going to fucking wait. Mm -hmm. You just got to press record. That's right. That's the first step. Yeah. So once so, you get the record button done, you start talking to the camera, you're like, Okay, now I want to see what it looks like outside of the camera. What does it look like on a screen? All right, now what if I cut this part out? And you you start digging into it. Yeah. It's just a revolving door at that point. But yeah, that that was the approach to the podcast. Was I'm just tired. I'm tired of waiting on someone else to do it. I'm going to do it myself. I love it, man. It's just yeah. the same way as any business. Yeah, you know, I, like I we we so much from other ones too. All the products that we make are because nobody else makes them, and I want it. I need yeah, it, you know, yeah. Which I do want to talk about that. Okay, because. Like Koru Works, you tend to focus on a lot of style in your products and stuff like that, along with the functionality and shit. But um, like the handbrake, mm -hmm. it still uses like a BMX grip, right? You yeah, can? you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We make so, our own grip and it's got it, BMX yeah. style um, grip clamp and everything. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah I love that. Okay. I run a PVM reverse handbrake. Okay for that reason and nobody's ever been able to talk me out of it right until they people started catching on and now they're coming out with them and yeah. all that but i was like no i want to run my odi grip yeah nobody's changing my mind bro Dude, i cool. used to ride bmx we see so many of our handbrakes with the yeah vans waffle grip and yeah odis yeah. and all kinds of stuff oh dude i love it it's yeah the shit so that's something that I've always loved about companies when they really do take the time to focus on stuff like that. Yeah. And not just the functionality. Yeah, like man. The functionality is great, but like functionality can look really cool too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, design aspects are really important to me. I was very inspired by um, just great architecture and uh, uh, Frank Lloyd and um, Apple is is a good inspiration. Porsche is a huge yeah. inspiration because they're, they're kind of selling what we're selling. And I'm not comparing myself to those companies, but... They sell, you know, Porsche is beautiful, but it also goes to the racetrack, you know, not like they're Cayenne and stuff, but like they're not yeah. 11 and they're Caymans and all that. Um, I argue they're not that beautiful, but that's my Yeah, opinion. well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they're, they, they obviously have a huge amount of, of heritage and, yeah, and yeah. they're, you know, great won, fucking cars. Won so many races. Um, and so, it, it, yeah, the design aspect is so important to me because I'm a nerd about it. You know, I like, I love great design. I want my, I my home to be designed well and, and our, our, uh, warehouse and our offices all have like, you know, good design mm. or at least we try to. And so, um, yeah, man, the products, it, it, it is weird when you have like a very utility, uh, I've used utilitarian pretty positively for, for us, but like more barbaric, like <laughs> looking products that are just huge bulky, and bulky. They add weight. They have like horrible machining marks everywhere and like yeah. burrs and stuff yeah. like Dude, we we go through so much to make ours have a smooth finish and like the design. It's like make it as compact as possible, and then when we get it there, we make it co have cooler angles that don't sacrifice yeah. strength and stuff. It doesn't always work either. I mean, we've got, um, you know, we've had three versions of handbrakes, and you know, uh, we, we had a, about forty that failed. Um, it was really embarrassing, but I try to 
forgive myself. I mean, we took care of all of it, but yeah, somebody. You change them, you improve. Yeah. Well, I mean, Apple, um, again, I'm not comparing myself to Apple, but just, you know, they were one of the greats. And now it's kind of a different influence. Now it's a different story, but like the Steve Jobs era where it was just changing yeah. the world kind of shit. Now everybody's like on their phones all the time and it's degrading yeah. society. But, you know, there was, a, there was an era where it was like peak design and cool. And uh, yeah, man, the, the first colored IMAX they sent didn't work. Like the color um, created some sort of static or something like that that didn't work. They literally didn't work. Like they worked when they were in the, oh, wow. the lab, but they shipped out thousands. Maybe it was the Lisa or one of the early Macintoshes, but like something Holy about shit. it, like the it, okay. it interfered and like the electronics didn't work. It was like wow. millions and millions of dollars. And like, dude, there was like slam articles about them um, just saying that they were all pieces of shit. I think that's I why Steve Jobs. Well, this is before we were alive. I mean, this is um, this is in the early 80s. So it wasn't, oh, the, it okay. wasn't the colored okay, iMac. Fair, yeah, it was the fair. earlier ones. Yeah. Like the the Ma original Macintosh, Lisa, that's what it was. So he, eventually he got fired for it, you know, because Pepsi CEO came in and and like fired Steve Jobs. So from his own, from his own <laughs> yeah. company. And so he went and like licked his wounds and started next and then mastered the craft and then eventually, you know, bought, mm. bought Apple because they, they went into comparing design. They went more, you know, bar I'll call it barbaric, but like <laughs> just purely f like for profit. Stone age. Yeah. Yeah. Purely for profit, just tons of products that just aren't that great. Yeah. And then he came in and like slashed them all and sa and saved Apple after they fired him, you know, 10 years prior. Um, so just in the same way. And, and um, yeah, we, you know, we've had version one of the handbrake, which was awesome. My, my, my intention was always to make something that was comfortable because most handbrakes are not comfortable. That's where the grip comes in because yeah. other brands, they like are this big machine piece. You'll literally have bloody hands at the end of the day. Even if you wear driving gloves, it causes problems. That's why you yeah. see like the, um, the little cooking, what are those little pot, the pot holders, you know what I mean? Like for for when you're cooking, the little potholes. Oh that go yeah, on the yeah, edge. yeah, yeah. You'll see those on top, or just electrical tape on top. So comfort, being compact, because we like to mount our handbrakes like underneath the center console. Yeah, like that's OE that's plus a big plus, thing for me. Yeah, like OE plus plus plus. It comes through the little cigarette lighter or something like that, and you can't do that with most of them. They're like this big. So we were the first per people to turn the handbrake sideways. People are like, oh, they don't work like that. I'm like, dude, it's a pressurized system. Like, it's not how, yeah. it's not a gravity, you know, system. So anyways, we turned it sideways and then, you know, made it to where it could be inline or standalone where the, um, you put the fitting in for inline, take it out and put our reservoir on for, yeah. for standalone. Like it works perfectly fine like that. Nobody had done that. And then, yeah, just being super compact, super sleek, all that. So version one was great. Version two was great. But over time, what we've learned is that, um, I know I'm going off on a side tangent, but what we've learned is that handbrakes are, um, items that you need to be able to retighten. Um, does your handbrake have a lot of shimmy left and right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now it does after my, years of abuse. Okay, perfect. I'm glad you said that. Um, so the it's a wear item that has to be serviceable, and nobody knew that until you know. I mean, nobody's done. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Nobody's done anything about it until we did, and um, because when you're pulling it, you're never pulling it perfectly straight. You're pulling it anti mm -hmm. you know of, of what the natural it's, movement it's almost is. like a j yeah a j shape. yeah you go in a j and it even pull up like it's it's always going to be that yeah. and then you can and, and it helps to position it right like if you sit in your car and you do this you go okay i'm going to do it in this line i'm going to angle it like this yeah. you know but it doesn't always work out if you want to mount it under the center console it kind of has to be you have to cock slightly, it a certain way yeah. to fit everything and that's fine like it can take it and so um 
Yeah, version one, we just wanted it to be stable because like all of them, like the one that's still like our biggest competitor is a company that's been making them for forever. Um, and theirs shimmy's really bad and they've yeah. never done anything about it, but it's fine. I just didn't like that. You know, like you get, like you want precision. Like you don't have that in your brake pedal, you know, but your brake pedal is direct zero degree force and our handbrakes, the, the J movement. Like, you yeah, said. yeah. So, so I, that was a big thing. So version one was good, but it was a little bulkier than I wanted. So I thought of a new idea. So we did version two and the problem with the, it was the, something was held on the bottom um and it works great like people still have them it's not like we recalled or anything that yeah. Uh, yeah. some of, some of our cars still have them i think they're awesome it's just a better idea so the problem was that to service it you have to take it out you know mm. like yeah. remove it and then turn it upside down and then you know the allen the allen heads on the bottom you have to redo and reclamp it and then put it back and so version three was supposed to be um dude i had a good idea we did the the handle looks like dimple dye Okay. You know, it's like speed yeah, yeah. holes. I thought that was cool. Uh, and we knew we were doing a steering wheel, which is coming out soon. And we were going to do like a similar oh, thing in the sick. steering wheel, just for like a little design continuity. Yeah. Uh, but it needed to be serviceable because what happens over time is like you need to be able to retighten it, just like mm -hmm. your motor mounts or suspension. Like you have to retorque it. And most handbrakes don't allow for that because they have the, a certain design that you just can't. Like it is what it is. It's like yeah. thrust washers or bearings and all that. Um, so we did. There was two issues that we had with it. Cause I know, I know I'm skipping ahead, but I know that you got a question of like, why does the handle break? So 40 of them broke and I'm fully transparent about it. We took care of everybody. What happened was that, um, we bought, I've tried to find the strongest bearing possible. And I was thought about using like bone Swiss bearings to keep it like skin yeah. oriented, but they're just yeah. too much money for, for not, not, they're not as like strong as we need them to be because they have urethane around them. So we gotcha. bought the strongest bearing that we could find. It had the most tension load and all that. And, um, they lied. The bear, they just, they, they weren't honest about, you know, its, its strength capability. So we popped them in, sent them out and the bearing would, would, um, would start collapsing. And that oh put such God. an insane amount of force on, uh, where the clevis point would be yeah. on the forward and reverse mount that it would snap the handle. Cause it was, it wasn't <sighs> dividing force. It was, um, putting it yeah. in one tiny one place. Spot. Yep. So, um, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, like I did plenty of testing on my own, but it's once you get it out in the mass market, mm -hmm. there's just different conditions. Maybe mine was, was perfectly, you know, like it was pulled perfectly. And then maybe somebody else had more left or right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's just so many conditions. And so we learned from it, you know, we, we have a, a few more stages in testing now, um, but yeah, it was unfortunate, you know, it, it, Damn. yeah, it, I, I mean, I'm part of it. It is part of it. Book. And, but we learned from it and we made it right. And that's, what's important, but we just got, um, we found a, a company that was the, the bearings were three times the price of what we were paying mm -hmm. and we didn't increase the price of the handbrake. So we paid more money for the bearings and we just had to keep looking like we thought they were the strongest, but we just had to, like I said earlier, you got to ask more questions. Yeah. And so we just asked more questions Then we, we didn't know before the right questions to ask, but now we did. Um, cause there was certain, there wasn't like surface level ratings. We had to ask something that wasn't on there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. impact yeah, yeah. and certain, and then we'd added a ton of material on it. So if you look at old pictures, the handbrake kind of just does this, Straight and then now up. it goes out a lot. And so it doesn't change the design at all. It looks cool, you know. And again, everybody got got a refund and a replacement handbrake. 
And so they were out zero dollars. And, you know, most people were understanding. But I mean, if you're at the track and you're like, dude, what happened out there? And you're like, fucking handbrake broke. Like, you're going to be yeah, bad. So yeah. there was some like bad word of mouth shit. and stuff. Yeah. So that was a bummer because it's like, dude, progress just creates that. You know, I mean, even like Tesla and, and Ford and like every OE. Yeah. It's like, dude, they've been making I, cars for I wish people understood that more that like, dude, all these big companies, whether they're, you know, the, nos energy or right. something like that or yeah somebody probably small. drank one of those had a roach in it or something yeah <laughs> you know you never know yeah but like people people take the humanity aspect out of all of these companies and they don't understand that they're still human beings making the part normally in cars and drifting especially it's like four or five guys to a shop dog yeah. like it ain't very many people yeah trying to pump all this stuff out so they're trying to take all the r&d that they can do to it along with all the feedback they can get. And people just need to learn to get out of their own bubble. People yeah. live in this world too. It's a multifaceted issue because if you contact us and you say, hey, I had a product failure, you, you're getting taken care of. Like we have yeah, the yeah. best customer service. You will never be left feeling like you got wronged. And if for some reason you do – um Tell us, because like we we all like we will work, you know, we'll bend over backwards. And so, mm -hmm. um, I mean, of course, they're like, then we're not going to buy you a new car or whatever. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> but like, you know, no no one's yeah. Don't you know, be delusional, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> but like, well, we've done. We do like a refund, and then we we replace it, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, refund, people. That's cool. Yeah, people ultimately don't care about other people. You know, like they're like, there's the humanity aspect that helps with some people, but most people are like, I don't give a shit. I just want to go. Drifting, yeah. or I just care about myself. You know, that's kind of what they're saying. Um, a lot of people do, but yeah, they, they ultimately don't care. They just want to be taken care of. Um, it's just like a different mentality. I mean, we, again, we are doing something that has not been done, mm -hmm. right? So um, dual caliper brackets, you know, we made some and, and everybody's have broken, you know, mm -hmm. like on testing, like ours broke. Nobody has ever put that kind of force on a bracket. I'm talking everybody. It's like PBM, the SLG, Sicky, like GK Tech. Everybody has broken them because when you have like big brake caliper brackets, that's centered yeah. zero degrees, just one bit of force, and and you're pretty rarely fully locking them up. Yeah. And even then, the for the force isn't sideways. So imagine a 265, 200 treadwear tire that you're instantly locking up at 60 miles an hour. That is insane amounts of force on an yeah. aluminum bracket. You can't make them out of aluminum. If they're aluminum, they are likely going to break eventually. Oh um, shit! Yeah, dude, it's just the handbrake. Thought about that. Okay. Handbrakes the same way. We're you know rally cars have had handbrakes for a very long time, but they don't use them like we use them. It's mm -hmm. more of a slight adjustment, you know, and it's not. Yeah, it's very quick. Right, and um, and it's often on dirt. Yeah. So dirt does not create the the inertia that can that can put the load mm -hmm. against a handbrake, and so we're just, you know, we're pioneers, man. I mean, that's like that's a lot of these core companies, like I mentioned, PBM yeah. and Siki, like they've done so much for the industry. All of us are going to have things happen, and then the 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 thing is, is like a lot of companies aren't good about it. They never yeah. take responsibility, and so customers' knee jerk reaction is to go on attack because the squeaky wheel gets the grease, yep. and so it's just my recommendation is like. 
don't immediately go to Instagram and Facebook. That's just not cool to do. Oh yeah, no. you know what I mean. I, I tell people that all the time. It's just not cool I because told someone the other day he went and wrote an, a review without even getting in contact with the company first. I'm like, don't you ever touch a. I refuse to write reviews on anything. I yeah, won't. dude, I only write positive reviews. Yeah, they're they're so businesses, especially in like sales and stuff like that live off of reviews yeah like that's how yeah. you rank in google search and shit like stop don't fuck people's reviews up dude it's 99.9 99.9 <laughs> of business owners do care it's yeah. just how they're how they're approached in some cases like you can approach us in any way you want and we're going to respond how we we need to yeah but some some people get emotional some people will take it personally and that's that's just the way it is so if you come in and you go you fucking suck your product suck blah 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 they're gonna go like well what'd you do wrong you know what i mean like it, they get defensive yeah we, we're trained we've learned that we go that's i understand man like yeah we suck i mean what, what's the deal like what mm -hmm. do you what do you need we'll help you out you know so exactly th th but that's not everybody so like most businesses want to stay in business yeah and so we, I personally have so many product failures with other companies' stuff because I have 22 cars. I've drifted thousands of miles and tracked thousands of miles. Like, shit breaks, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like part of it, dog. Yeah, <laughs> even like Porsche Motorsport. Like they, you know, we we've worked with the team that had like a Porsche, like a Manti Racing built Porsche car. They're fucking Damn. shit breaks. Like it's part of it. Yeah, and so it's like you either make it stronger or or everybody needs to understand that this is part of mm -hmm. racing. You know, like you make, you, there's two ways to go. Like a clutch is going to fail yeah. over time. Like a harness has to be replaced. Like you take it in and out so many times, but I mean, yeah, like I was saying that most businesses want to make it right. And so if you go, if you put people up as de defensive, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. All I'm saying is that most people want to make it right. And it's like, if you go to a restaurant and you had shitty service, you don't go like, this is ridiculous. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just not cool. Yeah. You know, you, you, you see either they're understaffed they're a new restaurant, they're not a chain, whatever the issue is, go find the manager and go, I don't want anything for free. This isn't, a, a, that's, yeah. not, that's not my, because a lot of I'm times- just letting is, you know so that you're aware. Right, exactly. Just calmly tell people, you know? Yeah. Because um, dude, I, there's so many times I could go, I mean, so many companies that are still relevant to this day, I'm like, hey, this is an issue, like, I'm not mad, I just want it, and they like clap back pretty aggressively. Yeah. And so it's just, sometimes that happens, but I would never talk publicly, you know? It's just not cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if anybody out there ever had a problem or has ever had an issue with us, like we will always make it right, you know? And, and yeah. the cool part, you know, about this is self-serving, but the cool part about us is that we want to be better. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if we have a failure, we'll pull it, refund and make a better one. Or we'll say, we don't want to make this. It's too risky. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We've done that. Yeah. Um, wiring harnesses. We used to make harnesses and I said, I'm not doing this shit anymore. Yeah. That I definitely don't blame you. Uh, I wait. I did want to ask oh, you on the the handbrake okay. though, because um, you I noticed something in the description about the Willwood Masters and stuff. How you don't use those? So you said they were meant for more foot pressure. Is that the along the same lines of what you were talking about the the whole J thing? Oh, and I also didn't cover how we made our handbrake serviceable. Sorry about that. Well, yeah, to backtrack some, yeah, yeah our handbrake is sorry. now serviceable from the top. It's a bolt and you can tighten it and it has a torque spec. So over time, if it gets, if it shimmies, it's all really strong, zero to like perfect yeah. tolerance. And then if it shimmies, you just tighten it to spec. It's 13 foot pounds. So just, I forgot to <laughs> finish that part. Oh, yeah. So you were saying the Willwood, we said in what with the, the gold handbrake description? So it, I, th I think it was the gold one. 
Okay. Um, but like a, a wheel wood is meant for foot pressure. So your leg is ten, like twice as strong as your arm. So why would you want to use a, a, you know, one that's made for something that needs more pressure when you have to use a weaker limb? Yeah, no, I, I can, I can, um, I can answer that. So the, it's actually all ratio based. So we make a dual piston brake booster delete. It's our top seller. It's the best product we've ever made. Manual brakes create extreme consistency, mm-hmm. drifting and road racing. Like it'll make your lap times faster. It'll make you a better drifter. Like manual brakes are the way to go if it's set up properly. And yeah. it's okay. ratio and, and cylinder based, right? So we, for our, I'm, I'm talking about, I know you're talking about handbrakes, but I'm, I'm getting there. So the one inch <laughs> master cylinder um, and a six to one pedal ratio on the foot brake. So that creates more leverage because um, without the power booster, you just have raw braking, which yeah. is the, to its benefit because yeah. you get it every time. It's exactly the same. Yeah. With power brakes, it changes every time. So like if you push the brakes one inch down, sometimes it's a thousand PSI. If you do it again, the next time it could be 500. Yeah. It could, it's just variable because it's vacuum assist. So that's why manual brakes are great. So that's established. So you have to have more leverage with manual brakes to push a master cylinder that needs to put the clamping force at your calipers, right? Mm-hmm. So we make an adapter that adapts the stock ratio, which in most most chassis is four to one. So okay. four to one ratio. And if you want to put it in the description, I'll tell people how to measure ratio. It's really simple. It's just the the leverage that you're putting on the cylinder. And we we rise it up to be, to be six to one to create that leverage. So with handbrakes, we do a 10 to one ratio and right. that, that creates, that makes the math math. So, <laughs> so when you do a, and you, you know, master cylinders still matter. Like we use a three quarter master cylinder for our, our handbrakes yeah. and it works for everything. So if you have one piston calipers or six piston calipers, which I don't know why you would, but some people do. So if, it doesn't That's matter. Wild, bro. <laughs> yeah. So I have cars that have four piston rear. I have cars that have one piston rear that are in line, which is, you know, mm-hmm. not the same amount of force. They all lock up almost in the same amount of time. It's ratio and cylinder based more so than piston size of, of the, the calipers. Okay. So premium top level braking with, with, um, with a one inch master cylinder and your foot brake is six to one. That's great. It feels great. Yeah. The car stops. It's just such a good feel. 10 to one is what, is what we do. And that's a, um, we have that on our site, but it's kind of, it's, it's something so that, interesting. It's I, some, it, most people don't talk about that. Well, it's tech, it's, it's technical. And most people keep that stuff close to the vest. Another big thing is, is pads. So you have to get a non OE compound pad and that goes for manual brakes too. OE, OE compound pads, like, like AutoZone or advanced auto yeah. parts. They're horrible. They're, they're not, they're not good pads. They, all they do is when you push a power booster, it puts 2000 PSI, which is max force against them. And it forces them to break. Right. So when you remove all these assists, you get raw braking, which is awesome because you can control it. Yeah. But the stock pad like does not work. So our number one complaint with, with our manual oh. brake kit is my brakes don't work. It feels like I'm hitting a brick wall or it feels like a brick wall. I can't get it to stop. I say, change your pads to a Hawk HP plus, which is. Holy shit. Right. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm opening a lot of things here and again, I'll cover them. So, so Hawk HP plus has the best cold bite. So for a street okay. car, you want cold bite. So a lot of people will get like the highest level pads, like a DTC 60 or 70, and you have to be 250 degrees to get those pads to work. So they, yeah. they're the same as an AutoZone pad at, at, on street driving. So uh, 99% of the time when people are like, I don't like my brake booster to or my manual brake setup, it's because their pads are wrong. 
and it, as, assuming that the ratio in the master cylinder is correct. Yeah. So we do that and they're like, okay, cool. My, I can't, I did not understand that a pad made that big of a difference. Like, yeah, dude, everything. I would have never known that. That's so insane. With handbrakes, it's the same way. So you, so you can use a Willwood. We used to use Willwood. We've switched to Tilton because it's a higher yeah. quality product and we want to be the best. So we switched to Tilton. It's also more compact. So a Willwood is, is about this long. Tilton's about this long. Oh, the Willwood yeah. single piston is the same length as our, is our dual piston. Okay. So technology is improved. Like you can make it smaller. You yeah. always want to be, you know, as compact as possible. It makes everything else easier. Um, so handbrakes, the same thing. You just, it's got, we do a 10 to one ratio, three quarter master cylinder and the pads matter. Mm. You have to get good pads. And you know, a lot of companies that are making the kits, they include really bad pads. And so everything, it's really frustrating because I wish I could just sit here and talk to everybody all day oh, and solve their problems for yeah. them. But, and we try to do like our Tech Tuesdays where we say this stuff. Cause dude, like you said, you're like, dang, I never thought about that. Like I didn't think it was that important yeah. because logically it seems like it should work fine. Oh dude, whenever I was trying to get my fuel pressure sorted out, I, when I got that regulator, um, I, I couldn't get it figured out. We we couldn't get it to go below like 43 PSI or something on the regulator. And so we were trying to figure it out. Jay did some research, found out that whenever you do the... Because Zs don't come with a return yeah, line. A return so you got to do that little conversion on the pump and all of that stuff. But there's this little piece that goes down into the bottom of the, the pump. restrictor, yeah. Yeah, that you have to pull out. You got to drill out just mm -hmm. a little bit bigger if you're running a bigger size pump. And I was like, bro, what the fuck? How would anyone ever know that? I know. Yeah, well, it's like you'd have to buy like the CJM kit that makes, I think that's Yeah, the that's the kit that I have. Okay. And Do they I, not cover it? Dude, I, I read the entire description at the time, which yeah. was three years ago when I bought it. So I, maybe it's changed now, but... Um, no, I never saw anything about that on there. I watched f 20 different videos on people doing this, putting that line yeah. in. I was like, oh, this is easy as fuck. Okay, cool. And I did it all, started right up yeah. whenever I finally got it started. I thought everything was fine, but no. It could have been one of those things too. It happens to us sometimes. We try to be better about it. But like when you develop a product, you work on it for about a year and stuff becomes so common knowledge that you forget to tell the yeah. customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've, you've dealt like when I... When we develop a product now, especially that we've had like, we've had 15 years of experience and, and certain failures and stuff. Like we really, like we have third yeah. parties, like test our strength and all that stuff. Um, so you spend so much time with that, that you like, you're like, dude, there's been so many details. Like we got to put all this in the description and then we have another PDF and then there's this other install guide on YouTube and you cover more and more each time. So yeah. uh, it probably is one of those things where they're like, that's so obvious to us that we're not going to put it out there. It's a great example of like how somebody could probably have negative feedback over that. Like this thing sucks. Yeah. I can't get fuel pressure out of it. You know? Yeah. Sometimes it's spring pressure too. Like, um, you know, the amount of pressure and this is your situation. Like the amount of pressure that the fuel pump is outputting is plenty for a stock setup. And yeah. And yeah. even with an aftermarket one, it just doesn't allow because of line size or certain restrictions. And then there's not enough resolution in that spring inside the FPR to to go down below 40 PSI or something. And so yeah. so many variables, man. This shit's hard. Dude, it's, it's annoying. It really it's is. It's fucking annoying. And we <laughs> we have, I, I have no, um, my, I have a favorite chassis for for drifting and track, um, but I love all, all these cars. Like I have a Corvette, I have an E36, 46, I have S13, I have an S15, I have an 
BRZ. I've got S2. Yeah, we never did go so over that, your actual cars and shit. But. Yeah, well, well, I mean, certainly it's it's all the popular chassis because we can make products yeah. for it, you know. But I love them all, you know. So I have, yeah. but Soft each, spots. Each, yeah, exactly. Each one has its own like college course of uh, I don't know of like information that you have to learn, like all the idiosyncrasies, and some stuff starts to transfer over. You're like every returnless system is gonna have something that restricts that pressure, so I need yeah, to yeah. get a radium kit or or find it and get rid of it or something um but yeah man it's it's this shit's hard dude <laughs> it's so frustrating we had such a rough year this year too because we just had so many like we have brian and and mike media who's been on an fd team and and, mm -hmm. and myself we've all been around like hundreds of cars and yeah i've dealt with more on our products so we have zero problems but like we've i've seen more builds happen than like a lot of people within the industry and um because we're so hands-on, you know, because some companies are just like, here's your product. And then like, yeah. they just care about content or something, but like we're involved, but we still ran into shit. You know, it's like, man, it just sucks. Just like, can't catch a I, fucking break. We dude. just didn't think of that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, did I answer your question on the, the handbrake stuff? Oh yeah. No, okay. yeah. You're that's good. so, you're that's good. so pivotal, dude. If I could give one piece yeah. of advice to everybody on the handbrakes, it's like, if you run ours, you should run ours, but if you don't, that's okay. Make sure that ratio, measure it, make sure the ratio is 10, around 10 to one, 11 and nine to one would be fine too. Um, Mine's always locked up really well. It's, it is a Willwood, but I don't, I just didn't, I didn't know the math behind it. So yeah. Well, the really cylinders, know. I know cylinders pretty well. Well, yeah, okay, the cylinder but... puts out pressure. It's fine. I mean, Willwood's proof. We used to use Willwood. Um, yeah. But the um, they do, PBM's smart. They, they do a good job. Um, I think yours probably has the right ratio. Um, it they, feels like from day one, like I I barely have to pull on it, and it they, locks like crazy. They had the same problem that we had. They had the yeah. – I think they started using bearings, and their bearings ah, snapped, and it yeah. caused the handle to snap. Because I started seeing posts with like this PBM shit. So funny. I called up Dan. I'm like, dude – we understand. So. <laughs> You're not alone, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not, I mean, I'm competitive, but not like that. Like, yeah, we're, yeah. We're cool. We use their products and stuff. But yeah, dude, the, the bearings are the way to go. Just got to make sure they're strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was going to mention that. So most companies and like even the, one of the most, I think, I think we're the top selling handbrake, but, but a lot of FD guys, they run a, this, uh, I'm not going to say it, but they, they run the most one of the most popular handbrakes. It uses a Willwood foot brake base. So it's flipped upside down. That's always like, if you look at so many companies, like look, it's a, a Willwood cast base mm -hmm. that they put the master cylinder on and they build just the handle and gotcha, like the, yeah. the, the, the me mechanisms between that. It's the wrong ratio. That's why so many people have problems because the, the OG, gotcha. like the original, like one of the first handbrakes that was marketed toward drifting was that one. Mm -hmm. And they, that's what they did. And so everybody else followed suit. Mm -hmm. And then, I drew before we made a handbrake. I drove uh, my friend's. I, think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, um, it's a three letter word. Um, <laughs> well, it's an acronym, um, but the it, it works fine. Dun, dun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, clip that out. But uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's yeah, okay. You can. Uh, but the the uh, I drove an LS240, and it was it it was so hard to pull. Oh and, wow! And then I looked, and I like was like. Well, that doesn't look right. That's a big gap. And I measured it. I'm like, dude, this is a, a, a six and a half to one ratio. Like you don't have the leverage 
and it's yeah. an inline setup too. So I'm like, you don't have the leverage and it's your hand. Like it's not as strong as your leg. Like this is wrong. So immediately I was like, we got to make a handbrake. That's break. crazy. Yeah. When our first handbrake Now came, you motherfuckers know. Yeah. So if you have someone with a lousy handbrake, go tell them. Yeah. Here's the, here's how to solve it. Cause I was, I was saying this a second ago, make sure the handle ratio is good. Nine, 10 or 11 to one. Make sure their master cylinder size is right. Five eighths is fine, but three quarters is the way to go. Um, if if the ratio is in that and then pads, mm. make sure you have Hawk, HP plus or equivalent. Like yeah. Project Mu, I think is NSC, uh, EBC yellow, and that's all that's all I really know on the on those are the most popular pads. But yeah, Hawk HP plus, cold bite. It's all about cold bite. Yeah. People buy race pads for their handbrakes, thinking like, oh, these are the best, they have the best bite. No, dude, those only have bite at 250 degrees and higher. You want cold bite. So if you look at a graph, it'll be um like DTC 70s will like start out, they have no bite and it goes up here and it has bite until 500 degrees. And the Hawk HP Plus has the most cold bite and it kind of goes down. But we're yeah. we don't ev we'll never boil brake fluid in the drift car. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? No. So it's like cold bite's the way you're to go. You're not running a lap long enough to do so unless you're hot lapping at a fun event. But yep. So um, there's that's, that'll, then that's that'll, your own problem. Right. <laughs> that's operator error. <laughs> that'll solve so many people's problems. Oh, yeah. Well, that'll probably end up a real. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was a pretty good. That's some pretty good info. Yeah, I'm cool, dude. Um, we we do it even. It's like, of course, we want everybody to run our products, but like, yeah, dude, I've done so much to help dr push drifting in a positive way. Like, and I don't mm. profit from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, so much stuff with Mid Pond, and um, yeah, it's just I just want the sport to grow. <laughs> so even if you don't run our products, like, I want yeah. your car to work. You know what well, I mean? actually, how did you get involved with Injuku? Did you oh. like? So they just sell became, your parts. Yeah. So I've, I mean, I've, I've met a couple of them at events, but yeah, we just, I don't know who reached out, but they were one of our first dealers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. didn't really have a dealer program. So we were big into Hondas, still are, but the, that was kind of most of what we did. So hybrid racing is a big case swap group. So they, yeah. they were a dealer for all of our Honda stuff. And then I was getting really strong into the 240 stuff. We had a power steering kit that was solving problems and um, yeah. all of our brake line kits. Like we were the first people to make any like ABS delete or brake line kit or anything like that for Honda's 240s, first clutch lines, first power steering kit, still the only power steering kit for most stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, I think maybe I reached out, maybe they reached out, but they're just like, hey, we want to be a dealer for your products. Or, That's you know, sick. Or, do you dude, tend to see like different um, products do better on dealer accounts than no. on like you personally? Or is it normally pretty the same? No, it's it's about the same. Sorry, my legs falling asleep. Oh. <laughs> I'm in the crease of the couch, but it fall in. Um, Sucks you right in. Yep. So, uh, all right, we're good. So... What was the question? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's all the same. I mean, yeah. sometimes they don't put certain products on their site. Like, they'll – they just are slow to it. Like, once they initially put the products on the site, mm -hmm. we we've, we fixed it. Like, you have to have all of our products or else you're, you're out. But, yeah, like, that's fair. you know, I didn't have as much time to manage it. So, it was like, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, they sell the same shit we do, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. I was just curious how that relationship yeah. sparks. Does it normally help the the, the reach of people? Whenever you sign up with distributors, yeah, like exponentially, normally. yeah, it does. Um, because you know the traditional business model is like we focus on development. Mm. You know, like an older school. Now it's like so much B two C, like or you know, straight to consumer. Yeah, but 
yeah, it helps because they have access to a market that we're getting into or that we don't have access gotcha. to. So we've always had to, we've always tried to find the biggest one and then sell to yeah. them, you know, like ECS and, and Bimmer World for like BMWs and CA tuned. And then yeah, and Juku yeah. is, obvi is obviously mm -hmm. still like kings of the 240 and, and drifting and all that. Mm -hmm. um, hybrid racing, great. So I just always find it interesting because people will go different routes in that aspect. So yeah, it, it helps, man. It's, um, it's the way to go. And the, like I was saying, the older business model was, was you focus on operations and getting the product yeah, in the door. Let somebody else distribute and, it. And then they, they focus on marketing and, and yeah. sales. That's like, that's what Link does. So Link? Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Link. They yeah, don't sell their own stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's all just sold by distributors. That's right. So I always, I've picked their brain a little bit, but not enough to like really under, understand, but I'm always curious for the other side of it too, why they people choose to do it that way versus the other way. If they love the marketing side of it, and that's normally what their reason is, they just kind of like that that aspect of business. But it's yeah, interesting well, yeah. for people that are trying to do it. I think it helped us a lot, man. And we've worked with Njuku for, um, gosh, I want to say like ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been, they've been around for so long. Uh huh. They uh. Um, I've been down there before just once, but yeah, I think 2000, 2001 is when they got started. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're awesome, man. They're killing it. Um, it's hard to make, run a business that long, especially a retailer, you know? And there was a time too, where it was really like, where like drop shipping became such a big thing. And yeah. then out of nowhere, there were so many retailers that stocked nothing and then, um, would just drop ship. Right. Yeah. But it was a problem for us because we started working with them because it was all a facade. You're, you're like, dude, this company is huge. They're doing yeah. all this stuff. There's stickers here and here and here. It's a dude in his apartment just like sending purchase orders. And then, you know, of course, it was one of those things where like we're all just doing it for the first time. We didn't know to ask the right questions that, like bigger box stores would know to ask. Yeah. And the problem is that the customer would come to them and ask them questions and they would over or undersell your product. So either they didn't know all the features oh, or wow. they would say to get the sale, they'd be like, oh yeah, it does that or it doesn't do that or whatever it was. Yeah. And then, they, then they're then they pissed. Bullshit. Right. And then you go, hey, why'd you tell them that? And they go, I didn't. It's your fault. You know? So then, so Njuku had to weather Damn, that. Damn, I've never thought about that part of it. Dude, I can. I, I used to be so interested in drop shipping, just like how it worked. I wanted to try it. But I was more interested in content. But yeah, dude, it's like know, it's like that's, a, that's funny to see, hear it's that. It's like a meme joke now. It's like my drop shipping business, you know. Yeah, okay, whatever. I got rich <laughs> from my drop shipping business. Uh well, they had their their moment and, and Njuku had to weather that storm, you know, because because yeah. they've they've off they drop ship a ton. I mean, everybody does, but they've all, they would do like stocking orders, you know. Yeah. Because it makes sense for them too, because instead of you know, sending all these POs and doing all this administrative work, they have their own warehouse. Somebody mm -hmm. buys some ISR stuff, they buy some sicky stuff and some chase based stuff and they just ship it out in one box. Yeah. So you you do house parts at their warehouse. Yeah, we I mean, we require our dealers to do okay, stocking cool. orders. That's yeah. What I and we're about to, we, we finally locked in a deal with the biggest automotive distributor um, where they're going to sell our products. So it's going to take off like a rocket ship. I assume you can't spill that yet. Uh, no, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's if I, if the people can guess, but it's, it won't be. <laughs> yeah. But, but they go they, ahead and drop your guess in the comments then. Yeah. It's exciting. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be 2024. It's going to be an awesome year. Awesome, and it's, it's just an honor that they even, um, you know, seeked us out and, and, um, 
and you know they go through so much due diligence yeah like asking the right questions and stuff like mm -hmm. they've been doing this shit for so long they've grilled us <laughs> and then they <laughs> hell they, yeah i need to take some uh pointers from them then dude, listen to this too so they call people like in juku and, the, and they say hey you know you're a dealer what do you what do you buy the product for and then they'll say what they do yeah we had a dealer who we just had to drop who lied to them because what happens dude, you're again, motherfucker, man. um so if you sell to a uh if you sell to a dealer that's what this distributor has to buy it for or that's what mm -hmm. they have to sell it for because if a dealer is selling or is getting it for less then they can't meet that you know what i'm saying yeah so like let's just say a company's buying at 20 percent. this giant distributor we're talking about they have to sell it at 20 percent but if you sell to this one guy for 30%, they go, oh, we have to sell it for 30% because we have to be the top dog because we're, we are the top mm. dog. So it's just like a cutthroat business way of, of being the, the, the biggest in the room. And it's, it's right. I mean, it's fair. And so they call all the people that have Chase-based products currently because they, they go with us and they say, what do you sell for? What's the most you've ever sold for? Blah, 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 blah. Like they grill you. And then, I don't know. I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying any of this, but whatever. <laughs> It'll be all right. You can ask him and cut it out if you need to. It's fine. Um, but yeah, they called one. I just know people love drama, so here's some drama. <laughs> so they called one. Um, I won't name them, but they called one of our dealers and they said, oh, we buy at 35%, which is a lie. Because they were trying to wreck our deal with this distributor because they wanted to have priority. Because they were oh. they moved decent volume, you know. But yeah. they they it was just like a low energy thing to do. That seems shady as well. Oh, yeah. Well, they told us. They said, hey, we think this isn't true because this person is known for, you know, skewing the truth a little mm -hmm. bit. But have you sold to this company for 35% or whatever it was? Yeah. And um, we said, no, <laughs> that's not true. And they go, okay, cool. <laughs> that's what we thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, my guy, Ricky, he said, who? Who did that? And he goes, I'll tell you. It was, you know, blank. Yeah. And we said, cool. Mm, and so we sure. we um we had to find a crafty way to to say that that happened but yeah yeah so Damn. they're no longer a dealer for us and they're blacklisted for the new distribution too <laughs> so they screwed themselves oh, okay. so let this be a lesson dude don't, yeah don't lie your mom oh, was right yeah because if you do one lie you have to keep lying yeah and it gets too exhausting trying to keep that shit up yeah, well, Good it's just luck, dude. it's stupid. Like this rocket ship's taking off. You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. we're going. Like why, why would you try? That's such a low energy thing to do to try to block somebody like that. You know what yep. I mean? I think a lot of business owners get that like the cliche Hollywood mentality where they're like overly cutthroat. They have to be an asshole boss. They have to like oh, fuck that, people dude. over and all that. All that is a myth. Being. That is a myth, dude. It is a yeah. total myth. Like. Who's the biggest entrepreneur in the world? Like Elon Musk. Yeah, was that dude is. Who else that dude. Uh, that dude. Uh, that dude's only an asshole because he sticks to his vision, right? So people might his designers might see him as an asshole because he goes, "No, I'm not compromising. We're doing it this way," yeah. you know. But that's not that's yeah. not screwing anybody screwing anybody over. That's expecting excellence. Yeah. That's not a bad per that's not a bad person trait. But yeah, I, I remember you know originally managing people. I'm like, how do you do this? Because I only know like the Ari Gold and on and like Entourage or like the total <laughs> asshole. You know what I mean? Like have it by yeah, day, yeah. no matter what. That's just a myth, dude. It just uh, especially these days it doesn't work. So I think a lot of business owners think they're doing that. They're like house of cards type shit. Like, yeah. like oh yeah, I'll block them and then I'll just double down and sell more of their stuff because there's obviously hype for it and they'll never find out. It's like, no dude, you like you're, you're writing your own death certificate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. It's all through, you gotta be a, a good leader, you know, you gotta be kind. Oh yeah. And, Media, it's a, it's a little weird because everyone's, everyone's needs are so unique. It's oh, like, I especially I, every time someone asks me for a price, I'm like, here, I'll give you a, a ballpark price of what a package would cost. Just this amount of videos, this amount of videos, this amount of time. Yeah. Boom. That's what the average would be. Obviously, we got to talk a little bit more and then we can kind of discuss the finer details, what quality of video, how much editing I'm going to be doing to it, all that stuff. And then you get a real price. Yeah. But like there's... There's not a single client that I've had that's had the exact same price for their specific stuff just because there's so many little well, details it's, it's one that off. need it's, to be it's, yeah. uh, bespoke. Yeah. And you want your stuff to be unique anyways. So uh, whatever your your goal is, whatever your vision, let's make it happen. But yeah. it'll cost you whatever your vision is. Right. So, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, that's an important thing I see in a lot of businesses. I try and take note on. Um, so... Not much, actually. We'll just do. What are we at? Tyler? The last two. Um, two hours. Dang, that flew by. Yeah, it it always does. Koru was three, damn near three hours. Let's talk about midpond. Oh shit! Can we talk yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. I have two questions after that, which is okay. The one that's in every podcast. Okay, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, midpond. Tell me about. Tell me your your story. Of Midpond. Okay, this is the realest story you'll ever hear. Uh, so, me, Brandon Bass, and Kudrow Bailey. Those are three people in Birmingham that we used to go drifting. So, I had a place and uh, a shop in West End, Birmingham, um, and we had a huge parking lot, and we'd go drift. And we briefly did something called Still City Drift, and just had small events. You know, like again, I really want drifting to grow, and I really wanted it to grow in Alabama. Yeah, um, which worked in a weird way uh, <laughs> because two great tracks are now in Alabama, about to be three. Yeah. Um, Oddly enough. So, yeah, it was all like free. It was a free event. And I did donations, accepted, and, you know, got a good bit. It just covered the bills. Yeah. Um, but we were like, this isn't good enough. You know, the parking lot was falling apart. And I wanted, like, much like my product and, and everything we do, we want it to be good. We want it to be mm -hmm. great. Yeah. So we found, Kudrow said, dude, there's this old cart track um, in Columbiana. And, and I think, we should try, you know, I asked him before and he said, no, maybe you have more weight. Why don't you ask him? Yeah. So it was a gentleman named uh, Randy Visser. So he owns tons of dealerships in Birmingham or in the Birmingham area. Okay. Um, and he owned the property and his family would just go hang out on it. And he just, it happened to have a cart track on it. But this cart track was like everybody down there knew uh, about it. They, a lot of people would race go-karts there. It wasn't like a amusement park. It was like a true, like go, like, oh, a, you know, yeah, a yeah, fast yeah. go-karts. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, uh, so Shifter carts. And stuff, Shifter right? carts. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually closed down because of an insurance problem because somebody, you know, the trees are pretty close at mid pond. Yeah. And those, yeah. like, they go faster than our drift cars. And so somebody broke Way their back. Somebody broke their back. And so they shut it down. Um, so I called them and I said, dude, I'm this person. We're, we're legitimate. I have a legitimate business. I've mm -hmm. actually bought a car from you at one of your dealerships. Can we drift? Um, I'll cover everything. Yeah. you don't have to worry about anything. It literally, it will not degrade. It'll be the exact same place, blah, blah, blah. He said, no. So I called him again a week later and I said, um, we really want to do this. I drove by again. I'm really excited about it. Why don't you let me come out there and, um, and show you what, what, it, what we're about. And so he said, ah, uh, all right, fine. 
Um, so there was actually a situation, this is public information, but he was involved in, in a, fr a fraud situation where he um, lied about the incentives from Nissan. And, oh, wow. And, yeah, and then Nissan like made him sell the dealership and they like find him. He had to do like 200 hours of community Damn. service. So I think it, it, this was at that same time. And so I think he was like, all right, this is a good avenue for me yeah. to kind of patch my debts and all that. And, um, and you know, ultimately, uh, he's not a bad person. I don't mean that. He's just their their incentives were arbitrary, and he just tried to sneak around it. It's, it's not yeah, yeah. it's not cool, but but it's like that's that's just how it goes. They made it, they made it, they made him do it basically. So so that lucked out for us that that had happened. And so me, um, Chris Ward, uh, Johnny Prophet, and Mike Elsie went out there, and Matt Bruick, if you remember him. Mm. Uh, do you do, is he he's still Sorry. active, right? I think so. Okay. Well. Um, so we all went out there and we drifted. Dude, the pa the place was beautiful. The asphalt was perfect. Grass was perfect. But it was back then. Dude, there was not all this junk that's all everywhere. Like it was all imagine nothing there and and there's not a single dip or broken piece of asphalt. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. No problem. I was the no first problem. person to ever drift on mid pond. Cause they, it's like, I was out there, dude. They're all like getting their car That's set up. I'm, I'm ready, dude. And I, I stayed up late and, and worked to make sure my car is perfectly set up. Dude, I was out there ripping for like 10 laps before they went out there. And so we just, we figured it out. We, we went the normal way and yeah. we were out there tandeming all day. And there's plenty of video of it. Um, if you go back, this was 2016, I think, September, 2016, yeah. I believe. Okay. So I was, I had a blue 50Z at the time, like seat time type car. Yeah. And um, yeah, we went out there and had fun. We drove it reverse. Shitloads of fun. I love it reverse way more. I haven't uh, gotten to drive it reverse. Dude, sadly, it's it's twice yeah. as fast. It takes it's a little dude. more talent. A little takes a little more talent. Um, cool. And 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 uh, you have to be you have to be kind of advanced too because there's one before the like the pond turn before that you really pick up speed and uh, people will go off yeah, and hit the tree. And... Yeah, it's before Coming so before the, the sweeper. Pits? No, Is so it? it's like if you go, you know, the horseshoe right in the middle. Yeah. So after you go around that, and then you go through the tiny bend. I don't know what yeah. turns we call them, um, but yeah, that right, the right there around the pond to the hairpin to the sweeper to the middle hairpin. Right. So imagine that back Reverse. backwards. The so hairpin, hairpin going towards that the little U turn that goes before the pond turn. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. straight goes right. Like if you're standing at that fence, that one turn to the right of the pond, they go straight into the trees if you're not careful. I'm sure plenty of people have done it. So we convinced him and he was so stoked he hopped in one of our cars loved it because he's kind of a motorsports guy yeah you know, not like us but he's he likes it I and mean, he sells cars for a living so he loved it and so we um i sebastian who's at coral works now he's thought yeah. of the name mid pond and because it's middle alabama and there's a pond there so he thought of mid pond everybody fought over that i immediately bought mid pond midpondcircuit.com I uh, made a Google place for it and I built the website. So midpond.com, oh, I, I still own it. And I, I made, I made all of that. It's, it's, you know, Ken uses it now, but um, yeah. it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's his, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I made all that like immediately. So I, yeah. I, you know, and then I track ran the first event that was there. It was, it was fun. Um, and then Matt um, pissed Randy off because he wanted uh, East 10 Drift wanted to have an event. Okay. And then Randy told Matt that, and Matt said, no, I have, I have claim on this. Like I'm the only one that can run events. And Randy said, um, what? No. <laughs> so he kicked him out. And then, so we kind of ran our own events for a long time. Damn. And, um, 
and that was where we like really built up you know mid pond and and i just i loved it man because we kept shit. we kept really good care of it and you know um nobody did standing burnouts and their dirt drops were banned and all that and and if you did you just let you stayed and there's like respect yeah. respect for the the place you know because it's thin it's not thick asphalt it's not like driven luck did a good job they did like um i think two two four so like two gravel, two gravel, and then um, oh yeah, and they I mean, all did it themselves and shit too. Yeah, like, yeah. Other than pouring, well, dad, dad has a um, their dad. I can't think of his name right now. I went up there with him, but yeah, he he was in civil engineering and worked yeah. for the government, so he knew what to do. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I love those guys. They're so yeah, cool. They're they're it's, what a what a blessing that place is. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, everybody support them because the more money, because yeah. they're, they're going to reinvest everything. So the sooner you do that, the sooner we'll get a concrete paddock or asphalt yeah. or whatever they do. They got K-rails and everything already set up. Like they, from where they were on that first event, because he's been talking to me throughout this whole process. Yeah, I, saw, I know he was on it. Yeah, because I, I met him years ago at MIR okay. um, at a stupid cold event. And yeah, he's just been talking to me throughout the whole process when he got the idea of the track, when they started doing it. And like, that's the style of track that I want to drive all the time. So I've already told him anytime I need to come test the car, you're the guy. Well, that's I'm what they want to do. Whatever they, you need. They want to be like Japan because the, the, the cool part about Japan is that the, it's like a skate park. You just yeah. go, you pay your fee and then you go drive. You don't have to wait for an event. Yeah. You just go, I'm ready today. You know, and then if they have one customer that day, cool. If and you know, if not, that's fine. Yeah. That's what they want to be, which is awesome. And Midpond's, I think, a little bit that way. So yeah, so we Midpond was just a shit for a while, and and um, man, it was it really felt like something awesome. And uh, and then Ken got involved. Uh, Randy Randy banned drifting, and then Ken got involved. So there was like a period of like six months. Mm. I don't even know how. I don't even know why or how Ken got involved. He worked at like an advanced <laughs> auto parts. He's a good guy. Um, but he just wanted to, yeah. wanted to be around motorsports, you know? And, uh, so he, he called me first cause everybody told him like, Chase is the guy, Chase is the guy that, that made it happen mm. to call him. Yeah. So he said, man, I want this to be successful. You know, what do I do? And I said, all right, this is but a driver only place. And we, we could never really have good spectators. And I, I'm not comfortable with people parking on the street cause it's so steep. Yeah. They slide down. It's unsafe as fuck. People go so fast on that road. Rolando almost died because he got T-bone leaving. Um, did yeah, you hear about, I heard that? about that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Dude, yeah. Almost, he got knocked out. They had to take him to the yeah. hospital. So I said, there's three things you need to do. I said, one, I said, uh, uh, you know, we ran a survey. You have enough property line on the right side of the track to where spectators can pull on the right, hug the, the edge of the pits, and then there can be a gravel road down there, and you have tons of property in the back until the, it goes up in a mountain and there's a creek back there but we like i literally sat down with civil engineers and we said this this is our sketch so i said i have a sketch for it because we you know want to yeah. make it happen so they they already have the room to expand a little bit for parking yes yeah and i'm not trying to disparage anybody right now i'm just because that's always been one of the questions i've had and everyone's like well we're restricted because we can't get we can't buy the land around us well, sure. I mean, they, uh, I, I don't remember the exact acreage, but it's like 24 acres, I think. Um, but yeah, I, the, it, it can work. All yeah. you need to do is lay down gravel. And so I said, we've planned that. And I said, here's a quote. And he said, okay, cool. And I said, there's, we also, you know, paint stripes, because the problem was that if you had like 30 drivers, you, you know, you're stressed, your car is heating up, yeah. you, you pull in really fast. If you just have lines, people follow their, their, the, yeah. you know, the yeah, law yeah. a little bit better. And then, you know, parking the trailers in the back. Um, the rule was, uh, 
there were certain places where we you could patch, like cut out and reinforce where it was going to be weak points. Because you could follow along, like a, a good civil engineer can see like floodplains and stuff. It's obviously on a horrible floodplain. Yeah. But there's certain parts of the track that started sinking because those are softer spots. So right after the pond turn, the very back straight, um, and then in the middle of the pond. So if you just cut out there, there, and there, the place will last twice as long. Um, so it was one, the oh. spectator parking, two, the civil engineering, the specific weak points of the track. And then three was just a safety thing because you're on such a steep hill, you have to have a spotter because it's only a matter of time before somebody gets hit. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you have spectator parking, which, and then also you do trailer parking over there and then all the cars can park. Um, if you just do that, you'll be wildly That's successful. Crazy. And it's, su it was such a light because, um, it's incredible, man. The vibe is just great. Yeah, because you know? I, I, they know. I rant and rave about Mid Pond. I fucking love it there. It's yeah. one of my favorite tracks in the South. Yeah. If not the entire country, I don't right. know. I haven't driven enough tracks to decide that. But yeah, no, I, I will always rant else. and rave about Mid Pond. It's something else, man. Something about it needs the layout. Some improvements. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I'll end it there. Um, I stopped going to Mid Pond because it was we worked so hard to make it great mm. and it just declined and you really have to take care of a track it's, you know? it's funny because almost everyone has that hometown track that's like that for me it's it's clarksville okay like clarksville has been the exact same the entire time i've been in drifting yeah they try and work with little aspects oh, jasper finally decided to come on the yeah. podcast come on up here, jasper. um they they finally started doing like different things to the events themselves but they won't <laughs> that's all good <laughs> <laughs> goober they won't change anything to the track itself they have a whole gravel like lot that they could expand and put more concrete down and run different layouts and all of this stuff but like it's in the middle of a town too so they're kind of restricted on sound ordinance and stuff like that so they don't want to ruins everything they don't want to expand too much yeah. so i get that part but all they're doing is focusing on little tiny aspects of the event and like the the price just keeps going up and yeah. up and up and up and up. It's like, okay, well, I could drive this track with my eyes closed. Nothing's going to change, obviously, anytime soon. I'm not even going to put K-rails up for like like real K-rails, barriers, so that you can get close to it. I have to take this call. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Go for it. We can take a break. Uh, yeah, well, Clarksville, how – like I could drive that track with my eyes closed, basically. They're not doing sure. anything to improve do the that. way you can drive and shit. So like – I just don't really care to go back much. I mean, I've got good buddies up there that run the events, and I love them to death, but there's so many more interesting tracks that I haven't driven yet that I want to. And Driven Luck is literally an hour and a half away. Dude, what a what a great Clarksville's the same thing. Yeah. So it's like yeah, not much of a comparison there. I'd rather go to Driven Luck. Yeah, so, so that was – that's what it is. It's like Ken's great, man. Everybody's great, and you know what? People love going to Mid Pond. It's got such yeah. a vibe to it. I just um, I just want progress. Yeah. I want thing. I always try to make things better. You know, like if you yeah. buy if you buy a car, I'm gonna make it better. If you buy a house, we're gonna make it better. It's not gonna be worse when yeah. we're done with it. And so you know, stuff wears and tears, but there's like, it's if you strategically think through things like. I'm not going to take no for an answer. How can we have spectator parking? It goes right there. I drew the yeah. map. And, you know, Little Talladega, which not the 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 Drift Mansion, but the, the you know, TGPR yeah. in Talladega, mm -hmm. um, like actually next to the big Talladega. So they have their entrance to the track. 
runs over the track. So they have to wait for the track to go cold to let people in. Mm. That's perfectly fine. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's perfectly fine. Yeah. So if if mid mid pond, you know, the gravel road to the paddock or to the the spectator parking, the track needs to be cold because if a car ran off, it could hit a car. That's yeah. fine. That's not a reason to say no. There's so many tracks like that. Yeah. I mean, most race tracks are not, you know, you can't get into the infield with without the track being cold. I mean, there's so many examples. So it's like that's not I mean, a really no. all you got to worry about that is in the morning. Yeah, dude, the track goes cold there's all the someone time. Someone that comes through in the middle of the day just okay, there's a break in the track. Someone just yeah. hit somebody. Okay, we yeah. got a few seconds. Run them down. Run them down. Go, 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 go. Exactly. It's so easy. It's and I easy. think they're I think they will be pushed into that now that driven luck is around because that's such a tr- a good track that people want have been wanting yeah. for so long and especially with how alabama is so scarce on tracks yeah like dude here within four hours i can make it to like 10 different tracks yeah that's so true. like i'm spot. spoiled as shit <laughs> but i know alabama is not so now that they're gonna start getting some people drug away from yeah mid pond to go to driven luck they're gonna start needing to make the changes to keep going We'll see. If they're willing. We'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I love that it's there and I love that it's helping grow the sport. I just want, I'm, I'm really, it's it's all good. Um, hey, it's look at you. You have dandruff. <laughs> you need to take care of that. Head and shoulders works great for me. It should work for you. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, so, yeah, not a head and shoulders ad. Uh, I have no, <laughs> no we are not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, no finish. We'll take it though. So, uh, yeah, I just... I need things to go like I'm I'm not a control freak, but I just want things to go a certain way, you know, and and um I want you know, we can fuck up, we can screw up, we can we can lose our momentum, but we have to move forward. And so it was it's really frustrating when I worked. I poured a lot of money into that place. Like I poured a lot of time into that place. Yeah. And it was just I don't know, it's kinda of, I don't know how to explain it. It was just it was a little heartbreaking just to see it kind of I was gonna say decline. it probably ate at your soul a little bit. Yep. And I see so many people others. and you know, there's there was a couple such you know, you get your feelings hurt a little bit because, you know, other people are like super hype on it and they don't know, this is an ego thing, but like, they don't know how hard I work to make it happen. You know, they don't know like how much I had to try to get them to let us drift there in the first place, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's, that's personal, you know, that's not, that's not business or anything. That's just how I feel. And, um, you know, it's just a bummer to see that it's kind of declined a little bit. And I, I would love, you just can't help um, to want, but to want to fix it, you know, but there's just, like, yeah, they're going to do it or they're not, you know, I love that it's there. Um, I hope anything that I said didn't come off wrong or anything. I just, um, I'm glad it's there. Constructive criticism. Yeah. If they can't take it, it's their own problem. Right. So, yeah. And, and, you know, it's cool. They can work together. Well, you know, driven luck and mid pond, they probably shouldn't have events on the same day. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's plenty of weekends in the year and, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think I think two tracks can survive. I don't think there's like a, a competition thing. Um, you know, we. I'm trying to build my own track. You know, we had a. It was called McMaster Motorsports Park. Like blew up online for a few days there. We were going to build it in Trustville. The city yeah. was approved. Everything was good. But then the locals rioted, and not actually, but they. They went up and picketed and, and told yeah, the council yeah. they were all clowns and stuff. And then the, everything was was hunky dory when I had the the profit numbers in their eyes and you know all the growth numbers because Barber is down the street from us and it's been incredible. It's built an entire city around it, and the locals are complaining about the noise. And um, <laughs> so it's like we we met a, a huge stop in that because I you know I was updating everybody on that. Yeah, and it was going to be twice the size of Mid Pond and, and Driven Luck, and it was going to be like an actual. Like a, it would have 
Like I even took turns, like my favorite turn at Abisu, my favorite turns at Mid Pond, my favorite mm -hmm. turns at US yeah. Air. Like I merged kind of all these tracks all on the one. and then added a couple straights and, and S's and stuff. And um, and it would change like with the with the with the whatever land we bought. But yeah, I had it I had it like approved and we were ready to go. Like I even had the money ready to go. And um, Damn. I know. And so everybody was like hype on it. And it was McMaster Motorsports Park. And then we said, okay, well, they, they said no. Like they were like, oh, we're, we're reversing our decision. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just go down the street. I kind of knew this. I kind of had a feeling this would happen. And I started getting bad instinct about it. So I don't want to have to face, you know, the sound stuff. You know, I want like, a yeah. I want 15 year sound ordinance where you can't, I'm untouchable. Yeah. You know, like this is stamped, signed, and sealed by the mayor, or governor, or whoever. You know, which whatever. even then, like with what Cletus is dealing with, like yep. even then, it's still so hard to tell if that's even concrete because they can just change as it. soon as people start coming in, more houses are developed, and people are, could just how well, many fucking signatures do you need or you know stuff like that you, you have to be the biggest fish you know barber yeah. barber brings in millions and millions of dollars because they have the porsche series and rolex mm -hmm. series and all that there i mean yeah the, the, the it, you, you can't touch that we're just a bunch of you know silly low, drifter guys <laughs> yeah. so so we don't have and i would do road racing stuff there but we had it we had an approval in, in a city called odinville and i had it was 800 acres and it's cheap so I was going to buy 800 acres and put it in the middle. And so you, you just spray. Yeah. It's like the clutch time. kickers. You got to own it, dude. You've got to own the city. Yeah. You know what I mean? At yeah. that point, it was big enough to where, um, where we could incorporate as a city and it could be like McMaster, mm. Alabama. And I'm like, all right, I need to calm down. This is getting out of control. But like, you could literally make your own city and appoint a mayor and like, you know what I mean? Cause there's, yeah. there's smaller towns out there. It's 800 acres. So we were, we were doing that, but then, um, they wrote in a new council and then they were like, we want you to start from scratch. Like we, you have to present to us cause we, they were going to sign it. Like, and then something happened, you know, like yeah, they voted him yeah. in. So I was like, okay, well that's just bad luck. Then my wife and I had our son and then the business, we um, owned the building that Chase Bays was in and I had a huge, like $200 million company come in and offer me yeah. a lot of money for it. So I didn't plan on selling it, but it was an incredible real estate deal and I want to build that portfolio too. So we're like, all right, now we have to move. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's back burner, you know, tracks back burner. And so it's still exactly. in there and I still look at property all the time. And that's the key, I think is just, you, you buy like 800 acres and build it in the middle. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the money, you know, the, we can still borrow, we can still, you know, because what we would do is build Chase Bay's headquarters on it. Um, of course, yeah. yeah. And so change everything to there. Yeah, and so uh, that's just that's where McMaster Motorsports Park is at. Because I'm obviously frustrated. I think I like what Driven Luck is doing, but I'm just frustrated with what people do. And like, it's not like you said. Yeah, every it's every so town uncontrollable. Every town seems to have that. Yeah, you know, they have the. Um, yeah, it, I don't know what it is. I think it's hard to run a track, and, and progress is hard. I mean, my business yeah. is eats me alive with how difficult it is and i'm sure this podcast you know it's difficult there's always something that's going to go wrong this and a media company on top of it it's rough yep so and i don't so, even take on that many clients yeah so i mean if you're running events and it's part a part-time gig you're like yeah. it works now and i make a decent chunk of change i'm not gonna change it you know and the yeah. more you, the more you try to change and improve the more um problems you meet yeah. you know more like, stress more all of it. Yeah. Like we come out with new products. I know there's problems ahead. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just for us. I mean, yeah. of course, our R&D process. Customer service, get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we don't know how to install it. All this other stuff's common knowledge, but like, yeah, yeah. it's just, yep. So yeah, that's, that's my Midpond story. McMaster Motorsports Park story. So I, I think, yeah. I think McMaster, I'm going to change it. It takes too long to say I'm changing it to McMaster Circuit, but it'll happen one day. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so hard because in Japan, 
they've got so many incredible tracks mm -hmm. and they don't have the problem of neighbors you know japanese people accept it's that there's a that there's suzuka so or scuba or ibisu like they accept that bahoku is down the street from them yeah they're okay with it. They're just, they're not like a Sioux happy country. They're not an entitled country. They're, they have us beat when it comes to that kind of culture. Yeah. And I love America, but they're, it sucks, man. Like you, I shouldn't, you know, Barber was, was the, in the middle of like thousands of acres. Yeah. And then the closest property got developed into a neighborhood and they complain about it, you know? And like even the Cahaba River, the, the big river in Alabama is Cahaba River. And, the Cahaba River Society like fights them all the time because like your tire dust oh, is ruining the fish. The fish oh, are oh piss off the frogs. What? The frogs are turning gay. <laughs> it's happening. It's real. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it sucks, man. It's just it's an unfortunate part. It's like because yeah. that adds so much layer to the risk. Because like you can build a track, you can invest five hundred thousand dollars and have yeah, this you can do what Driven Luck did. Mecca. Make your throw away your entire life to go chase this dream. That could shut you down. And in 10 years, you're going to get, or maybe less, right. shut down just yeah. because someone thinks it's too loud when they go to bed at six o'clock at night. Right. Freaking losers. Fucking pussies. Yeah. I hate them. Ugh. I'm just kidding. I don't hate anybody, but I do strongly dislike them. I was strongly hate, strongly dislike. Dislike. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, let's go on to some uh these last couple questions. Okay. Um, Just some more positive things. Yes. So I wanted to incorporate. Another question at the end of every podcast. Okay. So with you, you drive an E36 mostly, correct? Right? Um, I drive the BRZ more. The BRZ? Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go with that then. So my idea is you have whatever the guest's car is. You have a bone stock version of your car. Okay. And you have $4,000. You're trying to get your car to the first track day. Okay. What parts and stuff are you going to prioritize? We're going to use Njuku because presenting sponsor. Okay. So, um, yeah, $4,000 to spend on Njuku's website. What parts are you going to prioritize to get your car to the its first track day? You already own the car, though. Yeah. All right. Bone stock. Um, you want to know brand or just can I generalize? Just generalize is fine. Okay. I mean, so Chase Base Handbrake. Um, Generalize. <laughs> Make sure yours is specific. <laughs> right. No, I was, was seeing if both ways could work, but definitely no, yeah, chase base handbrake. And on the BRZ, you want the pull-up forward mount because it goes in the stock location. Reverse mount works good too. Not being specific, just you know. No, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. Uh, Those are different little quirks. That's so, why I said specific cars too. So. Yep. So coilovers, and for BRZ, I'll say you want. Um, I would I would go with a with a 10k front, 6k rear. Mm -hmm. uh, even with the stock engine. So coilovers with proper spring rates. Uh, definitely a seat. Um, I think they sell, I really like Thrash and Bride seats. Um, so go with a Bride or a Thrash if they sell it, either yeah. or. Um, you said three mods? Or well, $4,000. $4,000. Oh, yeah, shoot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, That's where it gets tricky. Coilovers. I'm trying to, there's a lot of very low budget, new audience viewers okay so oh, I've been there. i want to cater I've, to them i've been there more. weld the diff you can weld a torsen um you might have to get an eye some of them are weird but you might have to get an is 300 diff yeah it plugs right in so weld the diff because two ways too expensive and it, you know it's not as treatable but it's fine yeah so weld the diff that that is not something you buy in Injuku. maybe you buy the weld in plates from Injuku. um i yeah. think think they make somebody in there makes them the little drop in yeah plates. yeah so buy that 
coolovers. I would do a Teen Flex Z. They have 8K front, 6K rear. Um, they're not serviceable, but you're not going to run into that for a very long time. The dampening mm -hmm. actually changes stuff. A lot of coilover companies are like a myth. Like the dampening doesn't actually work. Uh, it's just, it's just like a spring on a, on a yeah, stock yeah, yeah. shock basically. Um, that's, that's, enough, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Drifters, thing. a lot of drifters have a lot to learn about dampening. Um, so yeah, I'd get the team flex C cause it's about, they're about seven, maybe eight, $900. So those have a good enough spring rate, um, to go rip. Uh, get this. Yeah, the extra cost. Go to the BCs, you know. Yeah, of course. But yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what those cost, but yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. So where do we at? We'll we'll call it like thirty. We'll call it twelve hundred. I'm really taking this seriously. Bride seat. Get we'll just say with out. with rails and everything, it's a thousand. Um, and then so we're at twenty two hundred, and then you want um, chase base handbrake. That's two sixty nine ninety nine. It's very specific. Uh, dude, we got a ton of budget left. This ain't too bad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, four thousand dollars is a good room to work with as yeah. far as parts go. Well, then you're gonna want. You gotta think of some tires, though. Yep. Oh, so, wheels and tires. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say wheels. You can get by with true one pair of wheels. Oh yeah. You just keep swapping them out as long yeah, yeah, as yeah. you yeah, got just... a tire machine somewhere. Yep. Okay. So tires. Yeah. I mean, the stock tires would work fine, but yeah. What what tires does doesn't Juku sell? Well, what, well, they they wouldn't. They don't think they sell. Okay. Tires well, then all, let's actually, just but... let's just say you whatever you three hundred three fifty treadwear tires will be fine. You don't want anything. Your first event, you're only going to go yeah. through. You want higher. Pair. You want like five hundred treadwear. Yeah. So yeah, we do like a Falcon ZX or something. Yeah, they're like a hundred a piece for that for that size. So yeah. let's just say you want to rip all day. So we'll say four hundred plus four hundred. Um, is this too long winded? Am I taking this too seriously? No, you're good. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, this is cool. All right. So you got handbrake coolovers, tires, um, seat. You've welded the diff. You want some. You want a little extra power. Yeah. Um. So man, you know what? The one of the best modifications you can do on on a on a stock car is a diff, like your final gear. Uh -huh. So it's like you know, I forget what they do. I think stock two forties are like four one, and people do like four eights or something. Yeah, because it's like yeah. a power mod that's just not even there. But it's really it's pretty hard to do. It's hard. It's like yeah. I'm talking. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that out. But yeah, let's just do like intake and exhaust. So mm -hmm. I, I'm sure ISR makes a good exhaust for it. So we'll call it four hundred. Yep. Um, that's a good one. And then a good intake is probably yeah, two hundred or so. Mm -hmm. Plus two hundred. Yeah, you're at you're at uh about thirty five hundred dollars. That's perfect because you're gonna want a a, a good tune because you wanna be able to push um like eliminate traction control or else you have to do the pedal dance or yeah, push those buttons, yeah. you know. That. So that's it. Uh, ECU tech and, and open flash are I think on Njuku. And if not, I mean that's the only option that there is. For, Dude, for that's the crazy chassis so that's perfect it's like yeah you got spare tires like you said handbrake seat uh weld the diff get some decent power mods and then be able to tune it to get you know an extra 15 20 horsepower which is extremely valuable yeah yeah and then take the take people the don't realize man it's you once you I do the math on it break it down if you've got four grand to spend on a car you already have, you have a drift car. That's right. Easy peasy. Yeah. And and I think after that, I would really do a final gear. Because yeah. a final gear, the, the key to, to a lot of drifting is keeping the RPMs up, mm. which of course keeps the wheel speed up. And I notice a huge issue with people is that they will will you know go in a second and bog down. Mm -hmm. The way that you don't do that is that you keep the the you you 
close you know you you make the ratio closer yeah and so if if it's a fast part of the track if you shift into third and your top speed is like 120 in third you don't have the power to keep the wheel spinning but if you can pull that if you can get a high ring gear and then pull that from like 120 to like 80 or 90 or something yeah. then you're you know much more manageable yeah exactly and it's a six speed too like a 350z six speed this is six speed so you got that six gears for highway cruising so those are um like a four eight on a BRZ would be awesome. So it's like it's, mm. it, it's like it's it's a torque. It basically, like it's not measurable, but it yeah. like improves your torque. So because that's the problem, you're like bogging down, right? So keep that. It's all wheel speed, you know. So yep. it's, you keep the wheel speed up, you're good to go. Hit that Hell limiter. Yeah. So I, I would make that like go. after you spend your four thousand, you get a ton of seat time. I would really do a, a, a close, yeah. like a, a final ring gear next. Because when I had a three fifty Z, that was I did it almost in that exact order. Those are the mods I did you know applied to 350z and when i got the the higher ring the gear man it made it so yeah. awesome i shifted yeah. into third at mid pond actually no it's shit. usually like a second Damn. Gear track. yeah so it's good too because it gets you more technique because yeah. dude there's people that have drifted for like 10 years and have never gonna <laughs> gone to third gear because they, they always are drifting yeah. like speed Small sports tracks. or um i don't know what uh what's it called collarsville or clarksville clarksville yeah 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 yeah. So that's Definitely. it. That's right. Well, there I do. you go. You can almost apply that's that. That's good to info, any dude. Okay. That's really yeah. good info. Oh, and then make sure you get those break the the colder pads in the rear. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's common, anyways. Even when people keep stock hand brake, they you know you want the better pads yeah. and shoes. So that's in the budget. They're like oh, hundred yeah. bucks. Get you an O ring gasket kit too, or just a full engine gasket kit too. Oh yeah. So you can replace all the the nitty gritty gaskets before you go out there. That's right. That'd be the only thing I'd add to that. Okay. But other than that, that was solid. And okay. let me know if y'all want to do like a lower budget one, like a two, like you got two grand, and that's it, or something like I, that. Hey, man, I just did the math. You can get if you just did half that without the power mods, you could have gotten to the track. Oh yeah, easy. Yeah. The mm. the seat, the handbrake, the welded diff. Those are the those are the keys. Yeah. Um, and then you know people people will even say you don't need a handbrake to drift. Blah blah. Hey, that's true. No, yeah. skip the handbrake. Just do a seat and a welded diff. Go rip. Mm -hmm. Well, oh, coilovers. You got to have coilovers. Yeah, yeah. Coilovers for sure. Yeah. yeah. Stock body cars drifting sucks. No, that ain't. It's just a waste of yeah. time. <laughs> All right. Well, the last uh, main question is best advice for just anyone getting into drifting, like usual. Whew. You know, I saw, I, I saw a guy who said, um, you know, ask questions. I liked that. But make sure you ask the right questions. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Because I, I almost commented and was like, dude, people will give you bad advice at the track. Yeah. Like you'll go rip on track and then some dude will come up to you and be like, man, you should do this and this and this. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Who are you? In the full podcast, I explained like, listen, oh, okay. but soak it all in right. and do what you think is best. Yeah, like, yeah. Do put your spin on it. Don't yeah. just copy people. Don't just do exactly yeah, what someone yeah, yeah. says because you never know if it's 100%. Yeah, man, that's a that's a good question. So the, it's it's what is your advice to somebody who is first getting into drifting? This is every single episode. Keep um, keep uh, but aside from the aside from the basic drifting aspect of it, you know, we just covered all the good the good setup mm -hmm. stuff that you yeah. can do. It's multi fat. I'm gonna say two things. Setup is everything. Make sure your alignment's good. Make sure you corner balance your car because you will fight a car that's off balance. Most of these drift cars are like not 50-50. It's like yeah. 47 or 45%. <sighs> so oh, yeah. spring rates, make sure your spring rates are right. 
Make sure your alignment and your setup's good. Make sure your ride heights are good and measure your ride height, not from a wheel arch because that's a moving target. You measure yep. from a, a subframe point or like a, a mm -hmm. fixed point. That's how you measure ride height. And then, and you keep track of that and then make your car look good. Keep it stylish. You know, take Dad. a little, take a little extra time because it doesn't take, you know, be, like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't take work or Volk wheels or, or BN Aero or all this crazy stuff. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be that nice, but keep, spend some time cleaning your car. Don't make it look all ratty. Like there's a phase where you have mismatched panels and stuff, but focus on that. Like, yeah. because you won't, you know, if you do want to grow and if you do want to like drive with the pros or, or progress or get more attention mm -hmm. for that, that is a huge part of the equation. Yeah. Cause you can and go people out. People like to see the progression. Yeah, Dude. exactly. Yeah. So the before if you afters. do have a mismatched body panel and it, it's on the way and yeah. people know that because they've seen the consistency you've brought in the past or whatever it is, even better. Yeah. Because then you're just going to build hype. Yeah. Make it, yeah, make it look good as possible. And like I said earlier, it's all the journey. We, we fuck up yeah. along the way. We have to take little side tangents and stuff like that. But as long as there's progression in place, I think it's good. And it's not, it's not that hard to do. You know, you yeah. don't have to have like a cover of Super Street magazine, like you don't have to be there just yet, but like, just make it look good. Get the wheel spacers, get the wheel fitment right, you know, because yeah, again, you like, you will hit a stopping point. You can be the best drifter ever, but if your car looks like shit yeah. and you're unprofessional, you will hit a wall mm -hmm. and then you will only unlock that wall when people see that you have authentic parts or you respect the true designs, whatever it may be. Like drifting make, takes care of itself. Yeah, exactly. The drifting will take care of itself. You got to make the car look good. Yep. So I don't know if I was supposed to give one piece of advice. I gave like eight, but no, that's you're good. Okay, hundred percent good. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, this I guess the sub questions we already hit most of them. I know we did <laughs> because uh. Well, yourself about the committing tax fraud. Oh yeah. <laughs> you Have you ever committed tax fraud? Not lately. No. <laughs> uh well yeah we ain't gotta worry about that one. okay uh tiller was the one that asked about the handbrake snapping so yep, that was good. answered that yep. um and what this is what i wanted to ask yeah too so i like to ask people that own businesses that do sponsor people um but miles t johnson asks what does it take to get sponsored by chase base so the way i i would rephrase that is when someone approaches you for said sponsorship what are some key things that you look for in the proposal or their first initial interaction with you? Like, do you need a relationship first with these people? Like, what do you, what do you look for as far as sponsor, sponsoring someone? So in, spot, in the, this world, on my end of things, there's a lot of lip service. It's yeah. all what you're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And we're going to be so different. And this is going to be different. And we're doing this. And when you hear that, my thought is, no, you're not. Because everybody's saying that. Yeah. Uh, Proof of concept is what you have to have. So people are like, I'm starting to, or I'm going to build a big following. You're not going to get sponsored. You're yeah. not going to get partnership. You're not going to get anything. And that's not to be rude or anything, but you just, there's no proof of concept. I, as a business owner, I'm an investor. I invest into cars to make, you know, to yeah. design products. Yeah. We design products to make money. That's just the way it is. And sure, I've got a lot of passion and stuff, but we have to pay the bills. We have to show mm -hmm. an ROI, like a return on investment. So if you have an Instagram with 500 followers, then you're not going to get sponsored, you know? And they're Don't like, go how? That. <laughs> right. But they're like, how am I supposed to get to the point without this? It's like, well, you, you know, how did I build a business? You know, I, 
I didn't have any loans. I didn't have any investments. I didn't have any, anything, you know, no parents' money, no nothing. I, I just built one thing into the other. So using the budget that we built earlier, you do that and then you make the best content possible. You just, you know, you, you, cause that's, what's going to sell it is like the content that you make mm -hmm. because th what sells a product for us is, um, proving that it works yeah. or, and, or, proving that it's cool and has high-end high design. Yeah, so it's, it looks cool, it solves a problem, it's functional, it works yeah. um, for the, the three or four things you're trying to do. Um, and so the reason we sponsor people is because there's a secondary layer to, besides just us saying it, we also have this guy over here saying it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, he can't just say it, he has to be about it. So he has to go, you know, I run these products on my car and I've been driving all year. Yeah. You know, and so if like if if you're a drifter and you're trying to get sponsored by a company, you have to have proof of concept. And so you need to be if you don't have any money, like it's just, if you don't have any money, you're just you're probably not going to make it there. You have yeah. to find a way to make money to make your car cooler and to make the good content. You don't have to have a big fancy camera and stuff, but like mm. you have to you see this shit. Yeah, you have to hustle in other ways in your life to make it happen. You have to make sacrifices because if you don't have like you don't have to have a giant budget you don't have to have parents money i turned a business into something from nothing so it's like you mm -hmm. have to do the same thing it's just little steps along the way so i mean if you know we i can give people life advice all day on that stuff but the ultimately you have to have proof of concept so don't don't send sponsorship proposals with concepts and ideas because everybody has those yeah you have to have proof yeah, of yeah. concept say i did this video and it didn't get a million views but it did well. And you have to be able to show that you're a salesperson because mm -hmm. a lot of people think that they can just run a sticker on their car and run their products. And that's that, that does not sell yeah, products. No. You have to be a spokesperson. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at all the, like break the, down why those people would be purchasing. Right. So if the, the good one that I used that uh, Luke Fink brought up on his okay. podcast was Adam LZ in the 350Z. So when Adam got a 350Z, it was, you know, just this, bashed up fucking car that you ran a bash bar on it was very seat time friendly and that was literally the reason luke got a, a 350z hmm. but so i've found that organic stuff and just casually like you said i've been using this part and it fucking worked for this long blah yeah. blah blah like that's to me that's an organic way of yeah. proving that the product is worthwhile and that's uh the wiring specialties thing yeah the, same thing there yeah i've sold them quite a few products by yeah. barely even mentioning their name just because i'm like i hate wiring i fucking hate it i yeah. won't do it i'll spend whatever amount of money on someone else to do the wiring for me i don't yeah. care just by saying shit most like that. people feel that way yeah well I, i'm glad you said that and i was i was i agree it's so when you it's, it's too common in like a lot of you know higher level drivers like thank yeah. god for these hand-cooked tires I'd be a worthless piece oh my of God. shit. Scroll, these scroll, tires. Yeah. scroll, scroll. And then the next year, they're like, thank God for Falcon. <laughs> yeah. It's just something else. So organic is the way to go too. So, I mean, you have to, you can't go like, oh, luckily I have this chase base handbrake and I can lock up around turns. It's just like, yeah. it's organic. It's like you happen to run it and it happens to work and you do draw attention to it, you yeah. know? So, I mean, I know that was a big rant on it, but like, I've been doing this a long time. I've been, uh, thousands of people have asked for sponsorships and that's just... Um, that's the, the best advice I can do is like, you kind of just have to do it, prove that you can provide an ROI mm -hmm. with creative content and like 
dude, you even have to do like free ads, so to speak. Like you have to draw attention to products that you paid full price for in order to show a company that you can do the same for them, yep. you know? Actually, the whole first year of this podcast, I would do like random little ad placements, but it was all affiliate stuff, just signing up for affiliate accounts. I don't need approval from any company, you know, just signing up. Hmm. And then you get a code and you get a certain commission off of it. Most of them didn't work because they didn't resemble to drifting like whatsoever. And but I I did that to the whole year. Never reached out to any companies for any type of sponsor. I had a couple companies reach out to me, and that's how some of that worked out. BC, FDF, um, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I never wanted to reach out to anyone. I wanted to get the podcast going, show that it would catch an audience. Which in the first few months, I mean it. it it had, I think, 10,000 subscribers yeah. on YouTube. So, and the first TikTok video I ever posted had 400,000 views within a couple hours. Wow. So, like, I wanted to prove that this was going to be something that's going to last for one. It's going to stay consistent. You can visibly see that over the, the last year. And on top of that, my car is almost done. So, I have all of this that I can show. Like, look, this is what I've been working on. This is the next step of it. Do you want to be involved? How can I help you while I'm doing all of this? And that seemed to be kind of the good, a good approach for companies because I have the proof somewhat. I may be new, but I spent the time to like really show people that I'm worth the fuck and you can kind of put some effort into me. There so Dude, that's, I think that's that's a perfect very model. important for people yeah. to know. Yeah, it's like you you didn't put the the carriage in front of the horse. It's like it was all properly set up. It's like yeah. here's what I'm capable of because I'm doing it. Yeah. Not like here's what I'm going to do. It's like, dude, come on. Everybody has the hopes and dreams, but like you were doing it. Yeah. You know? So it's like it's the same way as in driving, you know. You did it the same way in your in your on your podcast. It's the same way somebody would if they're driving. Go rip, go prove that you're a good driver with with something less and that you're interesting and that you can put out cool content and cool angles and Yeah. That's it. Otherwise, you're not going to get sponsored. Oh, yeah. No. And ads, cu ad cut-ins are terrible. Terrible. Fucking terrible. You mean in the middle Useless. of a podcast or, or yeah. middle of, of, yeah. of what? Yeah. That's why I, I did those in the first year to uh, test them out, just as affiliate stuff. Yeah. And, dude, they all they all suck. People just skip right past them. There's yeah. There's no in them. Well, you and I tell anyone that I approach, if they are like in, like considering doing a cut-in ad, I'll tell them. Like, I'll do it for you. But I, I, I promise you, you won't get the ROI that you want out of it. Unless if if it's something that I do a little bit more organically. You do a good job of that. You'll yeah. understand. It, it, it does better. Yeah. So, and most, and I, like, I, all the products that I do talk about organically, I won't even take them on if I don't believe in them myself anyways. Yeah. If I'm not going to use it myself, what the fuck is the point? I don't have anything good to say. Dude, that's good, man. Because there's so many drifters out there that are like politicians, dude. They're just selling yeah, out. Like, no, I, I won't name names, like, but man, there's some terrible companies. Like, so many people have gone from being really good core drifters that were just cool, and they're, like, sold out, and they're repping all these yeah. brands that are just, like, come and go as they please, and mm -hmm. they don't actually put any effort into R&D. Because, I mean, like, product failures is one thing. I mean, I know people hate on, like, some, like, I've heard bad about everybody, but, like, wine yeah, specialties, yeah. FDF, like, all these companies. It's like, dude, but they're... They're doing something that nobody's done. They're making progress. And I guarantee you they're not going to deny that they've something was mispinned or that like a product yeah. fault, like whatever. Fuck no, they won't. Because the person hating on them isn't, certainly isn't going to do it. But 
they're core people that are building up the industry. So they're awesome. And, but like some of these, it's like not even, it's like merch companies or, or like a, a, you know, coilover company that's not involved in the industry at all. They're just like, it's like they're trying to make a quick buck or something. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. So that's where drifting takes care of itself. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a bummer to see. I mean, that's, that's part of it, I guess, but it's just, I wish people had more, um, like, you know, we're, we're sponsored by Falcon now and I didn't want, like there was offers from other companies, but I wanted it to be Falcon because I think yeah. Falcon's like the best. And I think they've done more for drifting than any other tire company. And I mean, look at like all the legends of like all the the liveries of, of you know, Falcon oh, over dude, the years. Legendary you know I mean? as fuck. Yeah. So I like, I held out for that. And we don't, we don't really do sponsors anyways. Like yeah. only like consumables, you know, like if it's an individual part on one of my cars, it's just not worth it. I can't provide it. Yeah. I can't yeah. provide an ROI. I don't have the time. But if tires are across the board, Wheels are across the board, like, um, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Coilovers, hundred percent. So, yeah, it's it sucks seeing people like sell out. You know, it's like it's like it kills their brand. Like they, you are a brand. If you're a drifter, you are building a brand. You know, mm-hmm. and if you take your, That's, I tell all my clients that too. Yeah, you're the face of it. You, yeah, the whole exactly. point is you want to be. You want someone to attach themselves to you as the face. And then buy your products because of that. Yeah, because you can't control what people you know perceive about you you know, unless you do something about it. So, you know, I hear stuff about us that's not true all the time. And then I'm like, well, how can we fix that? You know, like we have to be intentional about how we're positioned, right? So if we're only running authentic products and if there's a better product that we use it on our products or on our builds, that's what we're synonymous with. Mm -hmm. So Penske and Olin's are the, well, Penske and Olin's are the best road racing coilovers ever. They run yeah. them on Indy, they run them on F1, they run them on NASCAR, like they are the best coilovers ever. You have yeah. more resolution everywhere, and I mean, you pay for them. We are, this year, we're running GLTC sponsored by Penske, okay. because I want to be synonymous with Penske, you know? Yeah, yeah. Tilton is top tier, like top tier motorsports, best clutches, best, um, you know, really good master cylinders, really good pumps and all that. Mm. Like we want to be synonymous with them. We run their products, you know? Yeah. Um, Wiggins clamps, like we use purple Wiggins clamps everywhere because they're the highest end thing possible. You know what I mean? Like we're not, we want people to understand that Chase Bays wants to be the best. Mm -hmm. We will strive for the best. My expectations are this high. Most people who have bad things to say about, like former employees have bad things to say about me or because I expected excellence that they weren't able to yeah, get. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't always meet that. You try and you fail sometimes, but but at the end of the day, I'll get there, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, Falcon is like that, you know, et cetera. So yeah, people need to, under, that's what I apply to, to us. You know, if people see our builds and we have poverty spec builds, we call them where it's like the Corvette that we just got done. Mm. We just need to go test our products. Like we're not going to do this crazy build just yet. Like we're still going to run good shit, yeah. but it's not going to be the most beautiful thing in the world. It's not going to be like our E36 or, or any of our like major builds yet will be, but like there's that, you know, all that aside, like when we we want to be associated with top peak, peak, peak mm-hmm. tier, like best brands, because um, it connects, you know. And so driver, yeah. drivers, it's not just about me. But like drivers need to think the same way. It's hard it's to do, fun. man. It's a, it's 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 a it's a really tough thing to do. Yeah, and it's always evolving and stuff too. Yeah. So that's that's that doesn't help. But yeah, uh, I always try and tell people on the sponsor side of things, like make your deck, do a video proposal along with it. Yeah, just because it's. It may be so simple and small of a detail to add to a proposal, 
but I guarantee you, you'll be remembered for it. That's right. Nobody else is doing a video proposal, which we now people are starting to catch on because I'm saying it. But I know. Yeah, that's true. We we did that. For, you know, we we uh, sponsored Good Life, and we were next to Falcon, so we became friends with them. So that was a good organic way. But yeah, and they got to see our builds right there. Um, and we we want the same things too. But uh, um, but yeah, it's funny because we have to update them on what's going on. And uh, we do videos. Like I walk around the shop and I'm like, all right, so this is our S2000. Here's where it's at. Here's what we're doing. We're showing proof of concept. Yep. They see, we feed them content all the time. But um, yeah, that's that's a good idea. That's good input for for drivers is yeah. introduce yourself, be a person. You know? Yeah, show, put a face with a name. Yeah, show them for your For people build. that don't know you. Yeah. It, whether it's humble beginnings, like, yeah, I built this really cool car in my in my shed or whatever, which is yeah, that's what yeah. you're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's that's awesome. I mean, that's where everybody starts. It doesn't change though. It's it's always just as hard. <laughs> oh yeah. My CRX That's I what built. I'm learning. My CRX, the K series one I built under like a pop up tent that I bought at yeah. the store. Yeah. It was like rain or shine, and I was I was under there. It was hot, and uh, it's just as hard in a, a big equipped shop now. Like now we have lifts and lights and air, yeah. air and power and all that. It's just as hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you just as soon as you buy back the time, you just fill it with better stuff. Yeah, exactly. Fill it with more and more and more. Yeah. So. Yep, I totally get that. But, all right. Is that well, it? Yeah, that's pretty much all. all Do you right. want to, I guess, plug yourself, plug anybody yeah. else? Yeah. A family, no, we're, anything like that? No, I don't have a family. Um, I'm just kidding. I have a, a wonderful wife, Jody McMaster, and a wonderful son, Oliver McMaster. And I don't know if they'll make it this far. He's 14 months old, so I don't think he'll listen to this for a while. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so... Chase Bays is on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We're at Chase Bays on all of them. Um, I'm Chase McMaster on everything at Chase McMaster. That's M-C-M-A-S-T-E-R. And yeah, we're just here for a good time and, and uh, here for a long time too. Cheers to that. And if there's ever anybody that needs anything or wants help or, you know, wants Chase Bays to be a part of something, we're here. Hell always, yeah. Always looking out for everybody. We want drifting to grow. Good. You know, even if like if I don't directly profit from it, that's cool. I just want drifting to yeah. grow in a good way. That's my plug. As long as drifting profits. Do, yeah. And my my advice is do better. That. Always yeah. do better. Have a better attitude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, of course, you can you guys can check out his parts and stuff, chasebays.com, correct? Yes. That's the exact yeah, Chase Well, it'll be on the screen. I'll we'll throw it on Chase the screen. and Bays, engine yeah. bays. And of course in Juku as well. If you in ever Juku, want to get it, they, they're a dealer of ours. So Hell yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for making Honor the trip up. Um, and of course, if you are still watching, I really appreciate it. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. So look below the video, click it, hit the bell notification. So you're always updated with every episode. We've got some big things coming. Thanks for to Njuku and you guys as well. So uh, yeah, that's all I got. See you each Sunday for a new episode. Thanks. Peace. Trust no bitch, can't catch no feelings I've been taking long flights from the bay to a visa Can't home run, I'm a ball like Jeter I just want fuck, 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 then I leave her I'm a young pop star, call the boy Justin Bieber Got a little money if you want, I can teach her Whole life a movie, you can watch it in theater Stay in my